Okay, hello everybody and welcome to episode two of our podcast, I Understood That Reference. Uh, I'm Ross Chapman, I also go by Laserbeak, and I am on Internet Movie Database. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm. I'm Robert Kilty, uh, uh, Raskama man, all-around movie fan, descendant of Genghis Khan. Like most of us, I'd say. Mm. <laughs> Did you like that one? Oh, was that true? Um, Statistically speaking, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> And uh, my name is Carl, and from the Charlie Chapman movie, I'm just lucky to be here. Oh, very good. <laughs> nice. Welcome. Nice. Be glad that terrible, terrible reboot of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, is that what that one was? Yep. I oh. genuinely said Charlie Chapman for a second. So did I. Did yeah, I? I think maybe you did. If only there was a way we could find out. I know, the volume was being recorded. on. So, uh, this is basically the kind of second of maybe three kind of spotlight uh, episodes we're going to do, where we just kind of showcase kind of what we do. So we're going to talk today about like a trailer extravaganza. So at layout for today, we're going to do the usual where we talk about news. We're going to cover a few things there. A lot of big stories have happened, uh, like, you know, poor Stan Lee passing away, of course. Mm. We'll don't, talk don't about that. the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we'll go through, as I said, a trailer extravaganza. There has been so many big trailers released recently. So we're going to talk through a few of these, give our views, insights, and then at the end, as usual, we're going to end it with Consumption Corner, where the three of us will talk about what it is we are watching, reading, playing, and enjoying. Welcome, everybody, and let's get started. Let's go. Okay, so us off there. the first thing we're going to talk about today is Star Wars related, because oh. of course, what would a podcast <laughs> about nerd things be without talking about Star Wars? So today we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Now, we talked a little bit about this before, but I think there's been a few more details kind of released about it, kind of what it is, what kind of form it's going to take, who's involved. Now, what do you guys think about this? Because I, I don't know, I'm a bit, with Star Wars lately, ever since The Last Jedi, I'm a bit burnt out with the whole thing. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm finding that everyone's getting a bit just fatigued by all the Star Wars stuff. So, it's not even just fatigue, I think, a lot of it. I think a lot of it is the quality. Because, like, when you did have, you know, like, other things on, like, you had Clone Wars and stuff like that as well, which were kind of, like, running while the prequel movies that I know is different kind of relationship for a lot of people there. But a lot of what Disney are doing now, the storytelling just sucks. Yeah. You mean to tell me you didn't enjoy that fun romp of a movie that was solo a Star Wars story? You know what? <laughs> you know, you, you meant that sarcastically, but I actually did enjoy it. It was a fun solo. romp. I was romping about it. It was a fun romp, all right? Yeah. I, will, I will romp that romp again. But I mean, The Last Jedi was awful, in my, in my opinion. I hate the story. I hate what they did with it and the characters. And because of that, Solo suffered. Yeah, it did. And also because of that, any kind of other ideas that were like the Obi-Wan Kenobi film, things like this, they've all been kind of shot down. You know, this Disney streaming service is going to start up and that's where The Mandalorian is going to be. So, so, what's, so, so remind me what the timeline for it is. Where is, is it set? Like what's, is it in between so, the prequels yeah, and the... Yes. That, that, what, what, I've, what I've heard is it's seven years after... Episode three? Episode, well, episode six. Oh. Because oh. remember, yeah, the yeah. third movie, yeah. Why there? third movie, episode six, it's set between uh, the blowing up of the second Death Star and then the First Order, which is... Uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens, Force Awakens yeah. yeah. Right. So there's rumor that a lot of it's going to include, like, okay, like, what happened to the Empire? How did it turn into the First Order? Um, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that people were kind of talking about kind of indicates a couple things like that mm -hmm. as well. Uh, the time period sounds interesting, 
like it's definitely a bit where there's a lot of fleshing out needed mm. like i think that a lot of people's gripes between force awakens and kind of the original star wars uh, trilogy i find it interesting that you say jump. needed there because i'm like i'm so sick of star wars films yeah. set in the same time period or in the same just move on I, like i know you can't really move outside the confines of like say the later sequels so i can't go after episode nine because episode nine hasn't happened yet but my god can we just not have the exact same time period we've already seen a hundred times it's like the, the more they try to make the star wars universe bigger the smaller and smaller and smaller it's getting it's like they only have the same three yeah. stock stories to tell mm. about a smuggler uh, a hero from no from nowhere and then what was going on with the empire or whatever like there's so many more stories you could tell around the universe it doesn't have so, to really have any relation the summary here is interesting it just says follows the travails of a lone gunfighter at the far reaches of the galaxy so the whole point is, is if he's this remote it doesn't need to be connected to the other ones if they wanted to yeah. if they wanted to yeah. keep it distinct yeah. but they're just wanted they're trying to get people interested by yeah. saying oh but look it happens oh yeah. like, very close to this see there's little tints there teasers I mean, that you might see someone you know but that, that that's that's what i think it is i think a lot of it's gonna be fan service oh 100 and I, mean, I say fan I service movies for the last like the force awakens was 85 percent fan service. Oh, at, at least no, that's, yeah the, one of the best uh, things i've heard about the force awakens is that it's glorified fanfic Based on the quality well, of it, based on the story <laughs> of it, and based on the fact that just all of but like, they, they thought they made the right call so much so that they said they handed uh, like two hundred million dollars to this actual Star Wars nerd and let him make his own movie called Rogue One, and then halfway through they're like, "Oh wait, this was not what we should have done." This, yeah, oh this, my god, this was a poor trouble here. We're back to Taras's point, you know, about things not really needing to be fleshed out. That one line in the title crawl for <laughs> Episode Four, technically, you know, they got the Death Star plans. We should make a movie about that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what people the want to know. The one that everyone is annoyed about. Like, let's, let's, yeah. let's that's, a that's, a, that's, that's a movie. That's it, boys. Not, not to mention, that's many Bothans died yeah. to get us this information. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's, and I look, I hate that I keep going back to that Transformers series I always talk about. But yeah, yeah, save it for later. No, 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 but it's, it's what, this is what I would do with the Star Wars universe. Would you mind James Roberts, the writer of this Transformers series, took, again, all these no-name characters and just set them out to space? So they, they come across things completely distinct from the rest of the Transformers universe. It's like not, none of them are really references to things that have gone before. It's all new. So mm -hmm. all new characters and all new situations and all new scenarios. He takes it away, completely away from kind of recognizable universe and stuff. And like, that's what I want with Star Wars. Give it to somebody like him, some off, completely off the beaten track writer who's going to take it completely, completely away from anything that is recognizable that we've seen 20 times before. Well See, then, then you've got the thing, is it really Star Wars or is it just science fiction? Well, see, I made Where's this point as well last time. It feels like The Mandalorian has just spun off the back of these high, highly viewed, high caliber, high production <laughs> TV shows. They're like, oh, we can make one of those now because people are watching them. Yeah. But, but, but look, so your point there about then, is it, is it sci-fi or is it Star Wars? Like, the whole point of the spin-off films like Solo and Rogue One were that they were supposed to tell a, a completely like removed story. But both of those films have essentially just been another Star Wars installment. Yeah, like, Rogue, it, you Rogue can't really remove them from... Like, I don't it's think it is at all. It's a prequel again. It's a, it's yeah. a prequel prequel. Darth Vader's in it. Of course Exa it's not standalone. Yeah. And I mean, again, that great scene at the end of Solo when, you know, Darth Maul stands up and lights his lightsaber. <laughs> like, remember, <laughs> is 100 me. this is definitely the same universe that we're in just in case anybody thought for a second it wasn't related. Oh, I loved how... That was so on the nose. It was the best part of the film, I thought. I'm not saying something. Well, we can talk about casting. Pedro well, Pascal is in it. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's uh, 
of um, what's what's his character's name in Game of Thrones? He's the Viper, the Red the Viper. Viper. Yeah, the Viper. Never seen half slick. From the Hardy Potter. That's him. <laughs> Mr. Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. You're out of the worms. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? Hey, where's Boba Fett? I'd watch that. I would watch that, <laughs> to be would, honest. So. Him as a Lone Ranger. That'd be extraordinary. Um, but it has potential. It's Because like, it's going to be basically Boba Fett, but it's not Boba Fett. You know? Yeah. It's going to be a guy wearing what he wears, being a bounty hunter. And... Mm. They, if, as long as they don't just turn it into each episode think, being a mini yeah. version of another Star Wars episode, I think you know? cool if they made it if they made it you know really like really grim and violent so that it's so, I, I like I get like you, you're Rogue saying you like say you want to honor the Star Wars sensibility. No, no. I'm saying what's the point in making this thing? No, yes, no, no, no. exactly. I want, I'm I want totally it to be different, job. right? I'm trying to play a bit of devil's advocate, right? Where like you do need to pay a lot of fan service to a lot of the Star Wars things to just determine that it was 100% Star Wars. For the average person who doesn't know like, everything about this and that, okay, Meh. I would like <laughs> to see. I love like crazy. Uh, I would like to see uh, again, like a real gritty Star Wars thing with this. And like when you're talking about a bounty hunter, lone kind of gunslinger, that is ideal. Yeah, right. I saying. want this to be Disney trying to expand their streaming service, which they're launching, to try and have some content that will appeal to adults. So are you? So you're, Ross, you don't seem to be all that enthused by it, but you're probably going to give it a chance. Well, no, but if you look, John Favreau's kicking you, it off. It's probably in safe hands. It'll probably be very it is. measured. I'd say. Yes, it's measured is the word. If you look yeah. at other things that Pedro's done, you've got Narcos as well. He was very good in that. He did the great. Cop. He did the Great Wall with Matt Damon. Did that you was see that? terrible. <laughs> that gem, <laughs> hidden gem, hidden gem. Yeah. But no, he's he's in a movie as well where he plays another cop. I'm trying to remember what it is, but it was very good and very dark as well. So like. That seems to be like his his area. Like he fits really well into that. That's a good point. I don't he, he see fits him the doing, violent kind of warrior. Yeah, I don't see him doing like getting on board with a project if it's gonna be. He was the lasso guy. Very. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. he was. Oh yeah. Okay, so basically, then I guess what we got. I'm cautiously pessimistic <laughs> <laughs> about it, but I'll give I'll it a chance. I'll be cautiously optimistic. I'm vehemently unaware of what's happening with this show. That's, <laughs> that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Um, before, I know we actually have another topic lined up, but in the line of these Disney TV shows that I quickly want to highlight, we don't have written down, but Loki's getting his own TV series as well. I oh, think we should quickly mention that. I mean, oh, that, that, I'm, that I'm on board for. I am Sign me all up, in. put me in the camper van, get me out there on the road, and I will canvas for that man. I don't know what that means, but basically I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Vote Loki. Yeah. I want you to vote low. <laughs> anyway, Loki. But he's... Um, Oh, I'm thrilled they got him for this. Oh, Tom this, Hiddleston yeah. for a TV series, just Loki's just mischievous adventures. Like, <sighs> But see, I think that Loki plays well with Thor. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. you don't see an awful lot of him in the MCU, like, in, you know, when you shop at the movies and stuff like that. Like, he plays well because of how, like, cunning and conniving he is versus Thor, who's just kind of a blockhead. I think that they kind of really accentuate each other in that way. Mm. And again, like, that's why I think, like, the character, like, because as well, like when you think about it, like when they first kind of had Thor, and this actually gets to a great point that I want to touch with you guys. But when you had Thor at the start, he's uh, he's a bit of a blockhead. You know, mm. he's just like he's a terrible king. And you know, everyone like when you're watching he's, that he's first a dude, that's what he is. When, when yeah, you're when you're watching yeah. that first Thor movie back, you're like, yeah, Loki's right. Thor would be a terrible king, but he grows, which is great. And we're we'll talk about character stuff later on. But uh, Loki in it. Like he's he comes across as a great character and he becomes a fan favorite because of his contrast to Thor mm. and how different they are. But then that they 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 can still you know like put things behind them and work together like again Ragnarok and other yeah, things like that. Yeah, but, well. but I do think 
I do think Loki has enough character and Tom Hiddleston definitely has enough oh, the well, no, 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 no. to like, actually pull yeah, this off. He's got the bravado and the, just, just the, the, the quality yeah. to like yeah. pull it off. Gravitas. He's, he's, he's a great actor. actor. Yeah, he's, he's a great actor and he plays the character well. But the success for me is going to be what other characters they put into the show. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, how, I think I, I get what you're saying by how they how he how torn Loki about such other. But I think he elevated Chris Hemsworth really. One hundred percent. Chris Hemsworth is good, but Tom Hillison is Tom the guy Hillison that brings up the big character in the first as opposed to the two of them going toe to toe in terms of an emotional beat sort of level. But I, I, <laughs> I think it's I think so. Mandalorian obviously is iffy, but I think given Loki's TV show because obviously Disney just want to like pump a lot of content anyway but this yeah. is actually a smart move I think this is someone who's who just he comes in and out when Thor exists but like think of it I wonder could they touch on elements where he was like running Asgard for example as maybe won't because that's too close to the MCU but there's so much you could do in between where he's mm. been disappearing put end, end of Thor 1 Look, I keep calling it Thor 1 but I mean what is Thor? Thor Thor the first Thor Thor the first Thor when he's hanging on the edge he falls off into whatever abyss he and was and how he finds Thanos you can have, have a whole you can have two to three series of how it works his way back to just getting a different misadventures mm. and things mm. you know I mean right there ragtag group of mischiefs Ragnarok tag group of mischiefs son of a because <laughs> <laughs> I know they're going to do what they got announced for it well, they got a John Favreau are we talking about no just what TV shows for the Marvel streaming service or they have well, a for the Disney, 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 yeah. Disney it's going to be Winter Soldier and Falcon are going to get their own <laughs> which is going to be great which will be great will it's, be it's literally going to be like the odd couple yeah but with superpowers yeah and characters who've they actually had a kind of a, a funny relationship in Civil War they kind of bounce mm. off each other a lot it's almost like who's more Cap's friend you know the old they're fine to be his best friend. buddy yeah, yeah, yeah. and to bring it back to comics what you can then do is hold who will wield the shield mm. so basically if Captain America Ooh. gives up or something happens to him obviously I don't or, know or, or his, he's, his contract ends or his contract yeah but <coughs> wouldn't, basically, it be, wouldn't it be interesting if they um, nice wouldn't it be interesting if they use a TV show to arrive at the decision of which one of them earns the shield and then in the movie mm. follow it on they have that, it yeah. and he's, he's assembled so, as that captain Side note on that as well, right? One thing that apparently they do before all the different MCU movies is they release an associated comic for it. Yeah, prequel comics. And they've yeah. been doing the prequel comic for Captain Marvel, which talks a lot about what happens between Civil War and Infinity War and stuff like that as well. And a lot of it is, like, Steve Rogers does the whole Secret Avengers stuff. They're in, like, Siri and stuff like that as well. I was watching just a video explaining this type of stuff. And then, like, both him and Tony have that whole bravado about, like, well, he can call me and stuff like that as well. Like, it was all about, like, how, like, this is why they didn't win and that's why they're going to win with Captain Marvel and stuff like that as well. But I'd love to see, like if you're talking about that TV show, I'd love to see, like not even just like, you know, we're talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier and stuff like that. I know Winter Soldier's kind of like on the sideline at that stage, but I'd love to see some of those stories come through as well. I think that those kind of Secret Avengers stories would be really interesting. The spy ones, the thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I think that's why Winter Soldier works so well as well. It's not really as much a superhero movie. Marvel have been doing this a lot with the different movies. They've been trying to it's still make superhero them, world, but it's a different genre. Yeah, I'd say they're trying to make them genre, a comedy, genre films. Exactly. Uh, Winter Soldier is a thriller. Um, and you only kind of Ant Man's a heist. That's yeah, true. Yeah, Ant Man's a heist. Yeah. Doctor Strange is kind of like Inception magic or fantasy. something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, Inception. But but that's good. Cool. I think that gives characters like, for instance, you wouldn't have taken the Thor character from Thor, the first Thor, and then made him into a comedy. You know. Mm. But and but that gives the character room to grow. And um, while we're talking about Marvel and the TV shows, I'm actually going to move it on to our next topic because it is, of course, the major news. Oh, you're going to skip to the, straight to this? Well, it's all, it's relevant, it's relevant. <gasps> Stan Lee passed away just last week. 
at 95. Um, he did well. He did do very well, and I, I think kind of guy. this wasn't shocking to many people. And this, I mean, I, I find it, I thought it was really poignant because I don't think anybody has had as much an impact on my life as probably someone like Stan Lee. I mean, you mean a pop culture figure? Yes, because uh, I mean, I love all the obviously Marvel comics. I love all those superheroes: X Men, group of X Men, Spider Man, group of Spider Man, Avengers, and then uh, Transformers started out by the create the guy the guys got the toys from Japan and approached Marvel Comics to make the background stories for all the characters. And of course, the eighties cartoon was a Marvel production. So really? Marvel have oh they've touched so many mediums that you wouldn't realize. They, they've touched you in many ways. Yeah, well that's I mean as weird as it sounds, it's true. Like a lot of a lot of the, the things that I would grow up aspiring to be or to like were by Marvel. So it's and Stan Lee obviously had a huge impact in creating all them. So, mm. so Roy so Thomas DC, DC can suck it. Yeah. Well, DC I, I think he, well, DC actually put out a lovely tweet in honor of him. Mm. They did. They, they, they had like a sort of a flags at half mass kind of situation. Um, yeah. Because I, obviously I, I like that they he's have... impacted. Yeah, their, their universe, regardless, like he's there's always gonna be that sort of trip feed effect where, it, like, it bleeds into kind of how their characters work and vice versa because they're two giants within the industry. But Roy Thomas, who's the editor in chief of Marvel, said this really nice thing where he said, "I visited him two days before he was battling pneumonia, apparently, and he said you could get the impression by speaking with uh, Stan that he was ready to go, but still." He was still talking about wanting to do more cameos. <laughs> really? Yeah. So on on he the cameos, that stuff. on the cameos, he has his uh, Avengers four cameo. He has Spider Man Homecoming two, and he has Miss Marvel already pre filmed. Captain yeah, Marvel. of course. Sorry, Captain Marvel, not Miss Marvel. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to see them also do like again, like, like to, yeah, to one hundred percent dedicate like. stuff like when they're releasing trailers and stuff like that as well. Like if they just put like something in it, I think that'd be really nice. Um, what yeah, do you think it's... of his cameos? I've rewatched them since now. Yeah. I've gone through them. Some of them are brutal. Some of them are brutal. What do you mean? It's very hit and miss. There's there's some people saying like, are they still gonna try and insert like a Stan Lee thing into a film in the same way like one or two of his cameos and one, one or two TV shows about has just been a picture of him. Yes, yeah. Like that. So that might be like a nice thing to include. Give me your favorite Stan Lee cameo. In honor of the man, what do you, oh, what's your favorite card? I do love the, uh, the one in Civil War where he gets Tony's name wrong. What's Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. I, I think we like that one because they're making fun of Tony Stark. Yeah, I, yeah that is true. when Tony Stark gets beat down on. God, <clears throat> that is true. I think my favorite might be the Hugh Hefner one in Iron Man. That's very good. That is very the, good. I just love the notion of that because I remember I didn't know who Stanley was when I first saw that, so I didn't know what he looked like. So I wasn't, a, I wasn't, a, when I first saw it, I thought that was just Hugh Hefner. Outrageous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was thinking, it's outrageous. He looks a bit different. I don't remember what a mustache. And then I was like, that was Stan Lee. I was like, what? That's genius. <laughs> you got to hand back in your nerd badge and your nerd gun, all right? Your, yeah. your, your credentials have just gone down to Vazoo. You turn in your badge well, I'm not, and your weapon. I, I was only born in the 90s. I didn't, I'm not that familiar with him. So was I. Um, you, did you know what he looked like when you were watching That's it, guys. Buddy, you yeah. say, so was I. Just so I just sit here in silence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that my favourite Stanley cameo is probably in Guardians 2. Just because they did that whole thing with the Watchers. Oh, yes, of them. course. Yeah. And I thought that was just so smart, like how they tied it together. But then at the end, I think it was one of the end credits as well, where he's like the, talking to them. And he's like, and then it was like yeah, that's a mail delivery that's guy. And then they just like walk up and was like, hey, you're supposed to be my ride home. Yeah. <laughs> That is funny, but I think but I think if it's a quick quip, then he gets away with it. But the, the more yeah. dialogue that, 
That always bugged me. The more he speaks, it, it takes you out of it. More yeah, more. because then he's yeah. an actual character in the world. So, right. and so, that's it. so yeah. my brother was watching, he watched that Teen Titans Go the movie, which is that animated yes, thing. Yes, he's in And that. he said that it's quite Disney. funny. And there's a Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Right, okay. So let's move on then from the unfortunate uh, dead mm. of Stan Lee. Rest yeah. Great man. Great man is right. Mostly good cameos. Yeah. Bit of, bit of a hero. <laughs> bit of a hero. Um, and now we're going to talk uh, again, another Marvel creation, just to kind of get this last one out of the way, I suppose. Um, we're going to talk about Venom and <laughs> the success story it is. The success somehow story. it's massive. The Cinderella story <laughs> of Venom. <laughs> like again, before Back it came out, I think. Was, <laughs> before it came out, Tom Hardy being like, "Yeah, I'd love to see Venom," you know, kind of in the MCU. I think it'd be really good. But and then, then was like, huh, "Yeah, good one." And then and now right before like, it came out, he's like, "Oh, oh no. by the way, they deleted my favorite forty minutes from the movie." Yeah, forty <laughs> who, minutes. Who says that in an interview? Jared, Jared Leto. Well, whatever. That's, you, you don't want to Jared no, no, Leto. No. You don't want to Jared Leto your interview. But yeah, who says Darren says, "Oh well, easily my favorite forty minutes of this film is the one that they removed." So you're seeing the crap version. So enjoy that. Enjoy that, everyone. Maybe he's just like really tactful about like a director's cut that will come I was out about with, to say the, that. with the Blu-ray. Yeah. But it's also is, is he kind of talking about how it's not R-rated? So maybe he's kind of maybe it's yeah, like the yeah. bits that make it R-rated were removed. Mm. So I mean, it's I guess it paid off because they made a lot of money, but. It's not a good movie as a have, result. Have you seen? You haven't seen. I have you? not. I've seen no intention. No, I can't. It. I wouldn't in any well, way. No, I'll, I'll watch it when it's like downloadable as a good. Uh, uh, I mean, purchasable as a digital download. mean, you mean Netflix, right? Downloadable and well, you know, streamable. Yeah, streamable, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I saw it, and it's not a good film. It's it's really it's a bizarre movie. It's a year that's a movie that's like 10, 15 years too late I mean it's, it's a movie oh, you mean compared to Spider-Man 3 compared to anything it's, <laughs> it's, it's really weird it's a really strange film but amazingly it's just amazingly it's done absolutely superbly well and it's made 678 million dollars so far it's the 6th highest grossing movie this year and it's going to be hard to top yeah, to go, it's going to be hard to knock it off its purse the only one that really is likely to do that would be either Fantastic Beasts that one those movies tend to make a lot of money mm. and I don't know, Aquaman maybe, but we can get to that. There's, there's, there's yeah. a decent bit of contention over that Fantastic Beast because they kept Johnny Depp though, but that's that's again too much for today. Oh, people will still go see it though, but uh, it made a it made a ball of money. You know, he's in the depths of despair right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that sounds kind of weird actually, but yeah, he's apparently he's not in a good Shock. place. But depths, depths, Johnny Depp. Anyway, I got uh, it. That's okay. Got it. Got it. We got it. Enough. It's just not good. But, but yeah, so, okay. so Venom made like it broke the October record for the, the biggest October opening ever. So it was massive. It made like what over, was it up against? It made, um, nothing. It had its own weekend. Very tactical. Yeah. Yes. Well, October would be quite enough. It'd, it'd be mostly Halloween movies. So I guess Venom would have would a massive like both international and US weekend, which is why it did so well mm. at the start. So like within like two weekends, it had already it's already over like half a billion, and then. What ended up happening was you had them pause for this Chinese release and then it was like one of the biggest openings ever in but that China. Is the, that is the new market. It's the market that they're catering for. But it, that's that's crazy. That's made that much money. Mm. I, 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 for the type of film oh. that it is and specifically like because obviously Venom is associated with Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is not That's in the true. Spider-Man sells. That's not, true. But he's not in the yeah. film and has no but association with actually But there's enough of a connection, I think. Yeah, I think it's in enough in the general consciousness. People know that they're connected. Interesting point you made about China and stuff like that as well. Like, when you look at the likes of, like, Pacific Rim and stuff like that as well, that did not do great in the US. It killed, killed in China. Whereas Star Wars... Yeah, the sequel didn't, though. Star Wars did... Absolutely tanked. Terrible in China. And that's... Like they're putting that down to solo, they expected to do superbly well in China, and it didn't. Mm. And that's one of the big 
why they said that was such a failure because of the yeah. Chinese market. Well, it's interesting now the bigger budget movies actually edit loads of separate scenes that cater mm. to Chinese audiences and they'll have the Soviet Chinese actors and cut, they'll splice that in instead. So yeah. you have scenes that are enough of motivation for you know Chinese audiences to go see it then. So like, there'll be, there, there's versions of it, like there'll be a Chinese version of Infinity War and Venom mm. in particular probably has just, just like nods and winks that cater more to a Chinese sure. audience. That's how they also sell them. Sure, Winter Soldier had a, a great one where Cap's list would always change based on the region that you were. Yeah, that's the true. The pop culture for the region that you're in, he'd write down stuff that made sense. And like, what are your views on people doing that for movies? Like, do you think that movies should be slightly different, like catered to individual audiences like that? Or do you think that it should be like, you know, the original director's vision for things like, like, like you know, with like replacing some people or scenes in, for one version versus another? I think, because Iron Man 3 actually had, or, yeah, Iron Man 3 had specific scenes for Chinese Americans. Yeah, where there's Chinese um, doctors and things. You know what, yeah, I don't mind if it has like a list, like in Captain America, because that's a brief split second, doesn't alter anything about the movie, a quick blinking and miss a thing, but if you notice it, it's a kind of cool reference. But contextually, even something like that, does it make sense? To change a list that Captain America, who is all about an American and about American, does it does it make sense to change what he would That's want to see point. based yeah, on yeah, his yeah. region? Like if he's got a list of Chinese actors that he yeah. wants to look up, everyone's like, why would Captain America yeah. be looking up that? Like, because what? he wants to understand references. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh yeah, that's the hallmark of this podcast. Okay, so well, I mean, we're talking about uh, box office and things like that. Oh, so how things are doing well. So yeah. we're going to move into that as the next news topic. Just well, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. We, we, what we'll do is we'll kind of, in light of Venom doing so well, let's let's I'll, I'll swing by the, the the top ten, and you can you can give me your opinions on like how it is. So at number ten, we've got. Bet you'll have heard of this one, Operation Red Sea. So this is a nice link to what we were just talking about. Oh, Jeez, never. It's a Chinese oh. movie. Just made a lot of money in China. And obviously, the Red Sea. I'm actually Thanks. actually number eleven is Detective Chinatown too, and that made five hundred and fifty oh, million dollars. The original the original's amazing, so the sequel of course will do well. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, Operation Red Sea, I've never seen it, I don't know what it's about. I think though Mark Grillo who played Crossbones is in it. Do you do you think it's just like the hunt for Red October? But not Operation Red Sea in, in September. <laughs> that movie, I I adore that movie for other reasons. But Sean Connery is just Sean Connery, and it. it's ludicrous. Oh, yeah. Everyone else, Sam Neill's in it doing a Russian accent. Every actor's doing a Russian accent. Yes, I'm Sean Connery. Yeah, and this is my Russian accent. Like he, he's just—he's the boundaryless man. Okay? He's, he's just, also he's a, a Spanish man. man of a thousand voices. He was also a Spanish man in Highlander, and even though it was set. And then there's a Spaniard playing the Scots. Yes, man. yes, it's, it's, it's set in Scotland for one point. But anyway, I don't know how this movie probably costs no, literally nothing to make because yeah. they can make it really cheap. I'd say twenty or thirty million. And it's actually mm. not available, but it made five hundred and eighty million dollars. Nobody here has even heard of it. Isn't that like, <laughs> nuts? But it's in the top ten. Well, I mean, number nine. Like we think we're, we're big on movies or anything, are we? Number nine is Ready Player One. Oh, that is that, that still is depressing. Uh, it didn't actually make that for a movie of that budget and of Spielberg sort of sort of sensibilities. That's all. <laughs> it, it made five hundred eighty-two. I have, a, I have a lot of opinions on that. I hate that movie. Um, Let's go. How did it do? It did not great in the US. It only made one hundred thirty-seven million. So for a US audience, that's poor, particularly if yeah. Spielberg directed mm. it and it's packed full of. Like American references. They, I mean, that like was that. going to be a ten pole film. They would, you, they would have. They spent, a, they spent a lot. They, of money they missed that. the point so hard with it, and they preach in the movie about like how gamers yeah. are this and that, and then they miss it so hard. Yeah, I, I like that's probably a like you could probably tear that movie apart. On, on, on they miss it. They, they miss it so hard. They miss yep. it. Oh. Is, that, is that a phrase? Oh, I miss it. God, I miss that. I miss that pretty hard. Oh. 
Well, I guess they just didn't understand that reference. That's what happened. <coughs> God, actually, if ever there was a movie we should tear apart for this um, that, podcast, actually, it is that one. Wow. You've hit it on bloody nail on the head. Because right that there. all that is is a movie with references stitched together. That's Isn't that the whole it's point? Well, that's what they thought was going to be a movie. They're like, what yeah. if we have? Who needs a story? All the references. Well, see, people like the book, but apparently people who hate the book really hate the book. Next one, you've got this is a fun one. Ant Man and the Wasp is number eight. Would you believe it? Ant Man and the Wasp made six hundred and twenty-two million dollars. Wow. And people, I didn't think anyone was going to see that because they had such they had the rush of Black Panther and Avengers. Mm-hmm. And, and the first one is so sanguine it's just a it's a it's just a film again it had a pretty solid chinese uh, it, was, it, was, launch. it was fun though it wasn't cheap I mean, I, either i think i think that the louise stories are probably yeah, one of the probably, best parts yeah, of that 170 million on that movie by the way on ant-man <laughs> marvel is now well, at the stage where they just will just throw money whatever. at it people yeah. go see it yeah throw money at the wall and it will stick but i bet I, you a lot of that was casting though like they had a big well, cast well no but you, you've casting and then just so many effects and making mm. go big and small like that's mm. all we've got to build up next one we got venom of course that's 678 that's crazy. No, Deadpool no, 2, uh, hey. 734 million. Hey. Actually, less than the first one, and by about maybe 20 or 30 million. That's only significant in the sense that they probably wanted to make more because they spent more on this one. But yeah. that's still a, that's a solid show, um, show it for like mm-hmm. a movie of that R rated kind of nature. Um, right, so we have next is Mission Impossible Fallout. Hey, 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 hey. Oh hey. my god. A very oh, deserved not, number five. I have not seen it. You've not seen it? You, I have not you, seen it. You haven't lived. You bro. guys saw it without me. <laughs> I saw it with my family and he saw it separately. Yeah. Like, I had no one to go with. Oh, Jesus. Carl, I saw it by myself. <laughs> by myself, alright? Crying no, I, into I, a salty I, bucket of popcorn. Like. I missed it. I missed it in the cinema and so I'm waiting Best for a action very film. good, a very good. It's so, so good. Anyway, it very deservedly, this is crazy for a Mission Impossible movie. Like, that's relatively niche in the, in the sense that it's a spy movie that uh, if you if you like it, then yeah, sure, you're going to see it. But you wouldn't have thought it would have a massive following. But they just, they, you could tell they gave this 110. It made $791 million. That's the biggest Tom Cruise movie ever. Look at this. Surprising. Do you know what? He's never made a movie that's made more than a billion. That's his highest grossing. That's insane. Isn't it crazy? But from, if you look at that list, and it's like, Either, like you're saying it's kind of Chinese movies big big Asian market comic book movies and then an, an old fashioned action movie just like typical I don't say generic but like an old action movie number five mm. that's I mean that's super wild that that's on and you know what I'm happy that it's doing that well considering all the trouble it caused DC about that CGI yeah, I'm, yeah I'm so, <laughs> and he is fantastic in it oh Tom, Tom yeah he's you uh, gotta credit that guy for giving it 110 mm. now what's interesting is you might be surprised with this but the, this also has a, he is a massive uh, following in China Tom Cruise he's very popular there so it, when when like they wrapped up sort of the American release he uh, obviously then they do a later Chinese release when they have the movie ready huge launch there as well so like it had settled at around 600 million and then they added like another 160 because of China to the, to the I love that Tom Cruise meme the other one when he's always like there's like four different pictures of him laughing yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. good it's, <laughs> what's that from is that from an interview with it's Ellen from an interview or something, or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah but he just looks so smug but anyway so so like what you're looking at here is like you're sort of high 500s up to high 700 almost 800 for the you know 10 up to 5 <laughs> then it just leaps there's a huge gap <laughs> So number four is Incredibles two. Oh, so, I'm not surprised. Uh, You're waiting what, like 13, 14 years for film. a sequel? Yeah. So um, obviously, so just quick context: Mission Impossible made 790. What do you think Incredibles two made? There's a jump here. Over a billion. 1.2 billion. Wow. Holy for Incredibles, highest grossing yeah. Pixar movie ever. But kids movie as well. So that but people will see. Birthday party's gonna see it. People see it on repeat. Yeah. Like you can just 
churn that movie. Kids, out kids are real good for repeat views of a movie. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the people. Also, it's good as well, apparently. No, so, like, <laughs> no, but if you look at like the have, Minions movie, I've not that seen other it. Crap. Have you seen it? No. The Minions movie, The Incredibles two. No, I haven't seen Incredibles. You guys, what is what is going on here? There's a joke at the start, and it's the same. It's, it's a joke from the end of the first film when the underminer comes Behold, the underminer! Yeah, and somebody says, oh, he, it, it, it's, you're, you're going to be undermined. It took me 14 years to get the joke, the underminer. <laughs> like, as in he undermines people. You didn't get but it But he's also then. a guy who lives underground. <laughs> 14 years it took for me to get that joke. And I consider myself an expert on wordplay. Was someone just well. like holding a penny the whole time, just like, come on. And then it dropped. <laughs> there was just silence. Just like a skeleton is still holding its arm up, and then 14 years later, the penny finally drops. There was just and silence. Then it just turns to dust. Yeah. There was silence in the cinema, and I just went, aha! Like, it's just incredible. There was like someone held up Incredibles. the side said applause that you could you would, you would be prompted to know in the same. I love I love when that happens in the cinema. Like you know, where everyone gets like their little chuckle out of it. But there's one person who just loves that's it. That's usually like, me. You have someone who's you know you people are like yeah, and then there's one person. <laughs> that's that's Ross. That's, that's what me. he does. Yeah, I know. Sir, a lady beside him in Avengers was shushing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to see Terminator Two, and uh, somebody from work was actually in the cinema behind me. And one part of the film that's really—I've seen the film a hundred times before, obviously—but there's a really tense part, and where Robert Patrick Terminator comes through the uh, jail cell, and he, the gun mm. gets clanked, and he gets stuck because his skin obviously can go through, but the gun metal can't. And when it happened, I went ha! <laughs> and after the cinema, wow. that's look at that the microphone nearly exploded there. But I came out of the cinema. And the guy who wasn't sitting with me, who worked with me, walked straight up and went, that was you laughing, wasn't it? And I said, yes. It was. Yes, <laughs> it was. Anyway, moving swiftly along. Uh, so, Incredibles 2 did incredibly well. Woo! Mm. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's even though um, it, it was probably not very well received, it did extraordinarily well, regardless. Mm. People love seeing dinosaurs. I don't know what to tell you. People love seeing Chris Pratt. That Goodness. film left me dinosaur. Oh dear Jesus! An expert on wordplay, huh? Watch <coughs> your mouth, girl. <laughs> One point three billion dollars. I'm gonna mute all of your speech on this entire podcast. <laughs> Just filter it out. It's gonna be like forty-five minutes of silence, and the occasional yeah. me and Rob going. And number three. Is- yeah. <laughs> okay, so number two is okay. Now we know where we're going with these guys. It's Black Panther. Uh, Talk about a sleeper know. hit. Sleeper hit is right. Well, people knew it would do well because it's a Marvel movie. They didn't know it would do, that, know well. It would do that, yeah. that well. I mean, again, as we've, I think we've touched upon in our private lives before. Uh, oh, excuse even, you. Yeah. But uh, would you be touching how my? How dare you look at my private lives? <laughs> all right, guys, slow down. All right, it's okay. <laughs> we were both ready with a joke. Jesus. Come on, was ready. Once you heard the word private, it was like, well, I know where this is going. So we were talking about uh, how in Avengers: Infinity War. The no. Black Panther role wasn't like huge. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, I wonder if they had known that it was going to be such a whirlwind of a success, would they have been like, ha. Oh. "Turns out the Black Panther beats Thanos by himself single-handedly." <laughs> yeah, well, they, they just cut <laughs> not even a sequel. And he just punches him. Yeah, hold on, we hold win. On. He's he's very overpowered by the end of Black Panther with that suit. That if he gets hit, it'll yeah. just blast out all this energy, which you know helps in that fight in Avengers. But like. It's kind of breaking things going forward. Wait, 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 wait. Black Panther made 1.34 billion. That's an extraordinary amount of money. Now, again, a lot of repeat viewings. There's obviously it, it was a big deal for certain demographics. So, like, obviously they were certain demographics. Well, like it, it was. Yeah. It became a movement. To be yeah. fair. No, which, which is a good thing. But obviously, that's a that really drove the, the the success of it. And then, of course, so after Black Panther, you had 
well, the king of movies I mean, this year. This was always only going to be one thing, really, wasn't it? Cruising in at a cozy $2 billion. Gee, oh, two, two. Billion, two billion and 46 million oh. Avengers Infinity War. Well deserved. Oh. Just a whisker off The Force Awakens. No, but like, it's it's 10 whisker, years. Like about 10 million. Shot. Whisker, what, so Force Awakens was over 2 billion as well. Did, and which got more? Avengers Infinity War? No, Force Awakens pipped it. Bullshit. Force Awakens made a billion in the US alone, which is absolutely outrageous. Yeah. But in fairness, that's exactly what they wanted to do. They were targeting 2 billion and they actually pretty much. Do you think Avengers hit their 4 target. will beat it? It's hard to know. I'd be surprised if it did. I think on the back though of Infinity War being so good because I think a lot of people want to kind of crap a little bit on the kind of superhero franchises but because the Russo Brothers films now are genuinely so well made mm. that it's kind of hard for people to be like they want resolution as well to that story course, so people yeah. who saw before will want to see it again and this is kind of the end of all the major kind of Marvel yeah. stories I think it's, it's interesting this is kind of why I wanted to talk about the blockbusters today in a way or the box office is that like if you look at that list again it's Dominated by comic books. Yes. Dominated. Crazy. And if you had said this 20 years ago, when the first X-Men film had been released, or the first Spider-Man film, I mean, this wouldn't have happened. It's it's amazing, the change. Like, it's pretty much all comic books, and then one Chinese movie, and then a spy movie somehow snuck in there as well. Just somehow, yeah. But it's interesting because, uh, like, when you're trying to think about, like, you know, like, what's kind of new and stuff like that as well, like, comic books are, like, a lot of the stories that haven't been kind of put to page. Like, you've got, like another Robin Hood movie coming out this year oh I saw like, that everyone That's just good. like scouring the public domain right. and, and it and looks diabolical oh yeah awful but like I think that like people are giving out like oh it's all comic books it's like yeah but comic books are just like the new version of fairy tales which are what all of our other movies are about yeah, anyway I suppose uh, well I mean better comic book movies than just constantly churning out tack by like directors like Michael Bay and Mac mm. G mm. I'd rather see interesting comic book stories than just mm. a generic action movie yeah. that doesn't do anything I'd rather put shards of glass in my eyes than watch the last two Transformers films so uh, <laughs> oh my god says the guy super excited for the new bubble listen Generation 1 Soundwave and Starscream that was so. okay. would you okay let's let's kind of bring this back to your IDW type thing here now because you're going to talk about Transformers first for a bit right but would you and sorry this is probably a spoiler do you want to give that news first IDW is the publishing the, the publisher of the Transformers comics oh okay so they have a lot of like Hasbro franchises and stuff so they have like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles G.I. Joe Transformers and they got it 13 years ago the new Transformers uh, started and now 13 years of stories all wrapping up that entire universe is ending a definitive end which is kind of a first for comics this has never really they happened just keep sort of extending them or and tacking reboot on stories, things reboot, something yeah. or just do an altered dimension but it's technically in the same of course yeah, or just, or just keep going with the characters and ignore some Continue. of the continuity that's gone yeah. before so this is an absolutely amazing thing they're going to do and I'm really excited to see how it ends um, I don't love all of those Transformers comics I certainly don't but the one that I've talked about before, that more than meets the eye and lost light, and um, it was all over like BBC News and everything they covered it because apparently the last issue is just so amazing. Oh my god! But it's interesting because it, and again because they're ending it, it allows them to take the story in a direction that most like kind of I'd say infinite stories don't allow you to do. So towards the end of the run, they can kill off major characters in t ways you wouldn't expect, or they can take a character in a direction that wouldn't usually be associated with that character because they know that there's a conclusion yeah. on the way. Mm -hmm. So they have more freedom than you've ever seen before. I think that's really, it, it's just allowed for a lot of interesting things. And I just kind of wanted to bring this topic up because 
it made me think about the nature of kind of TV shows and the nature of other like Marvel comics, DC, nature of like life that. in general. Yeah. The nature of life in general, I guess you could say. Just but just end. how do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you do know me very well. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's it's just about how you tell stories and the kind of I guess cyclical nature of stories and how do you keep telling the same story infinitely? And that's kind of what's happening with mm -hmm. like Captain America, Batman, Superman. You only have certain amount of room if you have to keep these characters yeah. in an infinite loop. If you're looking at characters, like there's only like so many flaws that they have before you're just rehashing the same things course, again exactly, yeah. and again and again. And like when you have kind of like long form stuff like that, like that's why some people always give out about comics and stuff like that never really die and ne no, no one ever really dying. Exactly. Because course. they have yeah. to keep the characters alive, to keep, keep things going. Like there has to be a, an element of status quo to continue the run. Whereas mm -hmm. when you've got something like this, like the absolute end it just it means that things like deaths are more meaningful yes. because I mean, you know yeah, they're not coming back and then you'll miss it so hard yeah <laughs> brilliant 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 but it made me think about TV shows like The Walking Dead and stuff and, oh and even God. the Game of oh. Thrones are you still following that Carl? God no I gave up ages ago my dad is the only person I know that still watches it knowing that a continuity is ending and the freedom that gives you to move characters mm. to, to finite conclusions is, yeah. I think is brilliant and I'm really sick of like looking like a show like Game of Thrones or something where it, it almost seems to be the opposite of that it's just like well let's shock value kill off a character you know well they were no what they, they, they I think Game of Thrones has a lot of caliber and I think they knew that they were always going to call it at 8 seasons so I think they always made that mm. decision yeah. now when you're looking at but I do feel it is it's kind of a tiring yeah and there's a prequel no, series but on but the guys, way guys guys if you're talking about Game of Thrones okay you're talking about the TV show you're talking about the book yeah, that's very different and you're yeah. talking about the books where the last two books were split so that all the cats have gone every which way. You've got chapters that go absolutely nowhere. You've got just absolute descriptions about belts and last... cloaks for days. Yeah, for the last two books, which are terrible. He was wearing a satin kilt. It was grey, and there was a little bit of silver in there too. Up for pages. Yeah, there's that's one, because there's one that describes a feast. I remember, and it goes on for near the whole chapter and describing <laughs> what? what's on the table. And the I'm like, look, we all know it's a ghostwriter at this stage, but come on, George, give us something. He just writes down like five or six bullet points. Yeah. Hit these, hit these beats. Across 5,000 pages. Ghostwriter must be an excellent author, because, I mean, lots of people use him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you secret little man. Nice. Uh, anyway. but, but bring it back to Transformers. Like, there is obviously the element that, you know, like, they're, they're going to start a new universe and no, stuff. They like want, they so will. it's not they over, will. over forever. But it is nice that that they're right to end it, line of things yeah, is yeah, over, yeah. and that they're not going to try and shoehorn things that have done. They get to take new, fresh takes on things. Yeah. And what I was just going to, again, kind of leading into this with the Bumblebee movie... I'd love to see it in the movies. Like, obviously, they're, they're doing well enough with the movies and certain things, but, like, their continuity is terrible. Their stories have been terrible. Like, I think there's definitely space for Transformers because it's really interesting. Ha! But they, they've they never kept continuity. Oh. Did you get it? I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Uh, Speaking of shoehorns, is there a Transformer that transforms into a shoehorn? I was really wondering when you said shoehorns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, they, they had that what? bloody butler robot in the last like, Transformers like, movie. Do you know there's a giant the butler robot was Rodimus, who's like Hot no. Rod, who's my no, no, favourite no, no, Transformer. No, 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 no. The Rodimus was the, Rod the French... Rodimus. Oh, sorry, no, you're right, actually, yeah. yeah was, the butler robot was just different. And did you just get, Did you just get Transformers? Essentially, yeah. I, I, uh, well, no, but it was about well, the movie. Right, it was about the movie. I haven't seen the film. Right, oh, is guys? this from the movie? I refuse yeah. to watch oh, it. I thought so. this was from Refuse. Yeah, no. So the movies are terrible. And one of my biggest <laughs> so problems... They're with, the worst. 
one of my biggest problems with it is continuity in it, and that they've had a terrible continuity. But there is no continuity. And but that's my point, right? Is that they just keep on changing things. Like if they were to take it as, look, let's create a new thing. Obviously, when they're doing a Bumblebee spin-off movie from the main thing, like there is interest in it, and that they want to, they want to kind of take this the route. I don't want it to be like an X Men Origins Wolverine yeah, element yeah, to it, yeah, where it's terrible. But like, I'd love to see. Like, that they really think about things. And I think that Marvel really up things. Like, when they started the MCU, they didn't start it in the same way that it's been. But now that a lot of audiences are expecting continuity, they're expecting shared universes and stuff like that as well, no one has done it well except for Marvel. I agree. I agree. And I'd love to see something like that happen. Like, in the same way that they just need to really sit down and plan things. Yeah. And the thing is, now people, for the first time, they're already... They're, they're, they're going to accept that. You know, audiences before, the general audience wouldn't have accepted a shared universe concept before. But now that they've seen it, they understand it. They, they can understand it if I walk into a and Bumblebee film. It. And they expect it. If I walk into a Bumblebee film and Optimus Prime is in it, and then Optimus Prime, that same Optimus Prime, gets a spin-off film of his own right, but they are, they're okay with the idea. They, their, their brains can accept the idea that, yes, they're in a shared universe because now they've seen it. They've seen 20-plus films in the Marvel Universe which characters go in and out and in and out mm. of each. So they're, they're primed for it now, basically. Mm. Which they're is funny. Optimus Prime? Yes. No. Oh, my goodness gracious me. And that's the news. That's the news. You've, 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 lost, you've lost the news. Here is our main discussion today. So again, Insert as I said, intro music. this is a little bit of a showcase. So we're just going to go through kind of different topics we're going to talk about. The last one, we just did a very, very extended kind of news, general what we're watching, what we're reading thing. Today, we're going to do one of the many things we will do, which is talk about trailers in a trailer extravaganza. Oh, and boy, oh boy, has it been a bumper a couple of weeks for trailers. Oh. That's what kind of drove this discussion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, yes. Thank you for agreeing. That was, that was an amazing stop that just happened there. You're, you're, you're you're standing standing there. I didn't know that pause there. I was yeah, just like, yeah. anyway, boom. <laughs> Your hand was in the air as if you were about to talk. Then you didn't. Just showed you. I, had just, you. <laughs> I was like puppeteering you there. Oh, look, this wouldn't be the first time. Anyway, we've got a huge list of traders to get through. Okay. And we're going to start with something pretty mild in the whole scheme of things. Mary Poppins Returns. This is obviously generating <laughs> a lot of interest. Well, given the nature of this podcast, I think this is a perfect movie to start with. This is like Batman Returns, isn't it? It's set in the same universe. It is. The yeah. Returns universe. Yeah. Mm. Mary Poppins is, is actually <laughs> secretly the Penguin yes. uh, from the Batman universe. It's those movies that we tried to return saying, we don't really want this. Mm. But... I mean, Danny DeVito may look like a woman in this movie, but he's still got that waddle, that trademark waddle from Batman and... <laughs> Oh, the Batman, Batman Returns, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said okay. earlier. Are they going to have the little animated penguins again? The, 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 according to the trailer, there do seem to be like Animate old school animation sort of scenes in it. So that's kind of fun. But then an awful lot, an awful lot of CG. Hello, CG dolphins. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> hold you... on, hold on. Spoiler alert for the Tetris Ross we'll be talking about later on. <laughs> that's, yeah, there will definitely be dolphins. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And I'm so glad you touched on that because that's the first thing I noticed about the trailer is that something like Mary Poppins, I, I shouldn't be coming away thinking about the CG. Yeah, exactly. It was all like clever little tricks. Like, you know what you, how did, like they made the other movie very effective, but how old is that? It must be 40 or 50 years old. Mm. And there's nice little subtle tricks where she's pulling all the stuff out of like a small, like little sort of carry bag or whatever. And you're like, oh look, yeah. it, it looks realistic. It's fun. But when, We've a load of money, let's just throw effects at it. When, when part of it is that you go into an animated world, keep that charm. Don't do 3D. Yes, well, I was thinking the same thing. Just make it 2D, old style. Keep the, the character and the flavor of the old film keep that spirit the guy who directed though is notorious for these really Rob, Rob Marshall yeah Rob Marshall really sort of ostentatious kind of heavy palette of colours you know like mm. very swish what else has he done he's done Into the Woods he's done this Tom Cruise musical uh, what's that one 
with with rock, uh, something rock of ages rock of ages mm. but the important part is to bear in mind it feels like this is going to be very probably by the numbers you know big set pieces lots of cg moving yeah. from one to the other that's, i think that's what the trailer said to me anyway. you got it right earlier when you said mary poopins oh yeah yeah <laughs> Didn't want to hurt her feelings, but I guess we've got Emily the record Blunt's now. Though. Emily Blunt's in this film. Great casting. So regardless yeah. of what it looks like, I'm going to go see it. Mm. I forgot <laughs> you the thing for her. Um, I, I saw the Woods hated it, absolutely hated it, but that's because I despise James Corden. Uh, so. Chris Pine is great in that movie. He is, but he is. I will, I will grant you He's that. He's very I funny in that, and the rest of it is awful, you're right. It is awful. Thoughts? Mary Poppins Returns, Carl? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, Did you I like think the original? it would be good. I, again, as a child, love the original. Yeah. And, and like this is very much like nostalgia. Mm. You know, you know they're they're playing to our nostalgia for like people like let's 100%. say our age who now have kids. And but there's a nice lot to that too, where they go on the bank's kids, and then they go, oh, it's the little children, and say, and she's like, yes, you too. But obviously, it's the idea yeah. is like I'm here for the adults, and I'm here for the kids of today. Did anybody else think when they said I'm here for the bank's kids? Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I no, did, oh, just I did, me. No. no, I didn't. I didn't. Thought it was a reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Thought it was like, <laughs> oh, right. hey, oh, just Will Carter just up and boot, like, boot down the door and you start doing it. It's unusual. It's and start dancing. Well, I was about to say also, this is the third Mary Poppins film, of course. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 being the second one. I'm Mary Poppins, <laughs> y'all! <laughs> I was really wondering where you were going. I was like, what is the second one? I don't remember the second one. I was like, maybe it's a straight to DVD thing. No, it's a massive. MCU blockbuster is the sequel. I'd forgotten about that one. I mean, look, I, I guess I, I understood the reference. Did you mm. understand oh, the reference? I understood that. I get well done, you. Basically, it did take a lot from the trailer. Thought, yeah. I thought it looked pretty bland. Yeah, pretty it looks pretty safe. Pretty safe. Dick Van Dyke is in it. And by Dick Van Dyke is in it, they've CGI'd his head onto someone who's yeah, very I can't wait to see this. And, <laughs> and nimble are, are you surprised Lin Manuel Miranda's in it? I, I, weirdly, I think that makes sense that he's in it. Yeah. He's, he's like a he musical aficionado. He's yeah. killed it with uh, Hamilton. is his Hamilton, big thing yeah. and Reaching the Heights I think is his other musical which is pretty successful. I don't know who he is. He's, 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 in, he's in strong with uh, with Disney right now. Yeah, he's doing well for them. So Mary Poppins Returns I'm kind of like nah, I'll probably see it at some point but I don't think I'm going to race to see it. Mm. Trader was fine. Okay. Rain. Dumbo. Okay, so we watched mm. a lot of trailers earlier, right? And the Dumbo one came on before one of the other ones we're going to talk about later. But the Dumbo one started obviously has the the CGI'd again horrifically terribly CGI'd but anyway CGI'd well elephant. hold on there like, the you you yeah. get that in a lot of things and then for the finished product the CGI is a lot more polished. Well, let's hope so. But anyway, I you did the also bits of hay on his trunk. You didn't believe the little awful. bits of hay. Awful. The little bits of hay. You but, didn't you didn't like the clown makeup. But we watched the clown makeup. Why would you? Oh, like what did I do with my clown makeup? I don't know what's happening over here, guys. I copied him. Basically, we watched Alita Battle Angel later on. Oh. And honest to God, the eyes of Alita Battle Angel look like the eyes of the Dumbo CG elephant. That's all I could think about. That's all I could think about for the next, like, 20 minutes of trailers. Is that what you were laughing when yes. we the, the trailer came on, I instantly started laughing. I, I don't know. It, it's, it, we, we made an observation as we were watching. It looks like it's more a family-focused than an animal-focused yeah. mm. movie. Has anybody seen... is in it. Michael Keaton is, like, the ringmaster in this. I, I, Tim Burton. A good cast. It's Tim Burton. So again, Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton. So again, yeah. we're back in the Batman Returns universe oh, yeah, yet yeah, again. Penguin Returns. And sure, like let's the elephant versus the penguin. That's really what this should be called. <laughs> let's not forget this is from the imagination of Tim Burton. It's oh not yeah, like from Dumbo is from something else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those really cheesy director lines. They just try and spit it all sorts of different yeah. ways. You know who've got an awful thing for doing that as well? Netflix. Put Netflix originals before stuff that's on other other channels. Or is, like, it, is a remake? Bollocks! Well, this, they bought it, so now it's a Netflix original, essentially, is how it works. Yeah, but it's not original. 
No. Um, has everybody seen Big Fish from Tim Burton as well? So again, this gumbo is from the imagination of Tim Burton. Uh, part there in the circus, Danny DeVito was obviously the circus master. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays that exact exact same role in Big Fish, wears the exact same outfit. Like, honestly, God, for a second, I was like, wait a minute. They're this probably reusing exactly the same. It's a shared universe. It kind of looked like that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually wondering when we watch it, is this going to be part of the Big Fish extended universe? I mean, look, Unbreakable yeah, did it. Unbreakable <laughs> did it, like, whatever, 10 years later, with Split Ooh. out of nowhere. So. Yeah. Well, this movie, the trailer for me just kind of was very much a kind of look at how polished and slick this is. Yeah. Same as Mary Poppins. Like, it's just one of these, this Disney are just really rehashing the yeah. old stuff. True. And there's little nods to the, the to the animated one. Like, you know where the trunk reaches out of the cage yeah. and grabs it. That's, yeah. that's a direct the song. The song is the same. Yeah. I don't know. I bet with the firefighter helmet, that's in the original as well. I think you're right. Yeah, because he's, up and he's, he's a, squirts there's the water a building, yeah, building on fire, and there's clowns as the firefighters kind of thing. I do remember the original Dumbo being just terribly insulting to firefighters. Yeah, but anyway, sorry. But I do, I do remember the original Dumbo being pretty depressing. So this could be right up to like how are you going to handle this? Like, how are they going to handle the scene where he gets drunk, for example? He gets drunk. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I don't, it could be good. Look, uh, films like that usually aren't aimed at people like us anyway. No, to be fair. Yeah. But and they're has, pretty safe as a result. It's going to be family oriented yeah. typically. So, but it has potential. And mm-hmm. Connor Farrell is probably going to be decent in this. Yeah, looks like he loses his arm in it. Yeah, he's he's, at, doing, he's, yeah, he's doing. going to be harmless. Nice, nice. But anyway, he's uh, pretty solid. Um, I don't know much about this other than the fact that it's probably going to be pretty safe. Well, I, 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 it's I, gonna I, have weird bits as well. That you're kind of like, oh yeah, Tim Burton. Made I forgot. This. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think yeah. there's a lot of elements with that with Disney like rehashing all this stuff, like a Lion King, Aladdin, yeah, Dumbo. I was actually gonna Beauty say that. the Beast. Is it necessary? Money. Yeah, but so, uh, yes, yes, for them. Yeah. Yes, Bob Iger's like, hmm, look at this catalogue of movies we could just remake. Like, look, I just everyone's like, what ideas we have? Well, there's this list of all movies that we we made, but let's yeah, we, we could let's make we could again. do something let's original. Bob Iger is, is, is rubbing his underarm sweat with cash and he's just like, what, what's next, guys? Yeah. Robert is Dumbo again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you that's went very strange with that. Should look. That's what I do. He, he made his him like, he, 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 with cash. From the imagination of Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Ross Chapman. But yeah, no, like a lot of it is going to be a cash grab. Like you've got like that whole Disney vault thing where you can't just buy all these classic Disney movies yeah. at any one time. It's very limited when there's a new format come out, like VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. They're they're very shrewd in how they're doing it. Like whether or not, as well, like. yeah, whether or not all these are going to be made available on that Disney streaming service when it comes is going to be another one to be seen as yeah, well. Yeah, actually, true. Like I think they'll come for limited runs and stuff like that. But yeah, so what? Like we've already had Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, <clears throat> The Jungle Book. Now we've got. This stumble, we've got Aladdin coming. We've got Lion King coming. Lion King. Little Mermaid's gonna be on that list very oh, guaranteed. soon. Guaranteed. I'd say I'd say they'll probably have a look at how they did a lot of stuff for Aquaman. And then see ha! if they can transfer that. Oh yeah. Because how they can the do the opposite. Well no no, but the technology is coming together <laughs> for it. I mean like alright, look, look, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Yeah. One is that this random fighting with my family starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a wrestling movie about him. Well, it's, not about, it's not about him. Well, he's definitely going to make parts of it about him. Yeah. Directed by Stephen Merchant. Good written too by written Stephen Merchant. And he's in it. And he stars. Which explains why Nick Frost is in it as it well. You know what, though, right? If we're looking at the list of trailers and stuff like that that we have, this is actually probably one of the freshest ones on it, though. I thought this looked absolutely terrible. Mm. No, no, no. I'm not saying good. Absolutely I'm terrible. I'm saying at least freshest. It's different, I suppose. Well, so for the backstory, for people who are listening... Essentially, it's this British family, and they're all obsessed with wrestling. They love wrestling, and the the, the the brother and sister in this family get 
picked by uh, Vince Vaughn, isn't it? So he's got a hand in this. I'm already... For the WWE. He's just like, hey kid, come into my shop and wrestle. That's what he's saying. And How it, is Vince Vaughn still alive at this stage? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Alive like, or relevant? Bought. <laughs> honest to God. Absolutely I mean, brutal. Ah, I just uh, I saw him in this, and I was like, instantly, my interest was like, oh, I'm I'm gone. The girl, hey, hey guys, hey guys, gotta be. That's my Vince Vaughn. The impression. girl in it, I think, is Bono's daughter. I think. No, really? I Jesus. think it is. And she has a. That's why she sounds Irish in it. Was that Simon Pegg's son? Ooh, he looks identical. Does look to him. very similar to. Well, him. Talk about your sounds. So I mean, poor, poor Nick Frost must have been like, oh my god, I've I've rediscovered my youth. I'm acting yet again with Simon Pegg's double. Who may be his son. Yeah. Or maybe... It's like the all. end of, like, uh, World's End, where they're yes. all young again. I love that film. I love that. I love the World's End. Lena Headey's in it. Uh, Jack Lawden oh, is the... Not so. Oh, I got it wrong. Her name is Florence Pugh. Well, she's in it. Nice. I thought this looked terrible. Uh, even, even... It was produced by Dwayne Johnson, and even he looks like he was phoning in his rock appearance. Like, oh. so... It just looks like somebody really loved wrestling. Oh, no. Are you saying like, phoning in this rock appearance because that's one of the things that happens in it? He literally he's on he the phone it in. And he has to prove that he's the rock. And he goes, can you smell what the rock is cooking? And, and then Nick Frost just goes, yeah, and I'm Vin Diesel. And yes, hangs up. Not even funny. I know. We gave him a pretty frosty reception, though. Hey, yeah, but yeah. Rob, what's next on our list? Elisa Battle Angel. No. <laughs> well, so Elisa Battle Angel. From the mines, sort of, beside the mines of James Cameron and... Was it James Landau or whatever his name is? John Landau. John Landau, yeah. Um, is this adaption of his... Is it an old manga comic? Is that what it is? It is indeed, yeah. Battle Angel Elite, I think, is the comic. But they've... What they've done here is they've... they've well, they've made, made, made it different. They've made it battle... What is they've made it? They've Elite, made it battle, Elite Angel. battle Angel. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, I definitely because don't know what it is. That way they get to do a sequel. <sighs> I am conflicted about this. Because there are sequences that look kind of interesting yes. in it. Yeah, visually, it's like, and again, like, probably a lot of this really is drawn from the, the manga instead. Mm. But, like, there's, like, some really interesting elements to it. The execution. Yeah. Why are the eyes so big? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. No, no. So they wanted, they wanted to get that whole kind of, like, anime manga I know. from the style and stuff like that as well. But it just but looks like so uncanny and wrong. Like, no one else, like, if they had other people with those big silly eyes in it, maybe it wouldn't feel as, <laughs> as out of place. But she's the only one. Yeah, no, no you, one else has extended features You're right, Chris, that uncanny like that. value kind of thing. You're kind of like, yeah. ooh, there's something off. It's just messing with my head. I was just thinking of Dumbo the whole way through the trailer. That's all I could think of again was Dumbo. I'm like, why is she, this? Her ears are almost as big as well. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, it, it's, it does look like you said, there's very interesting, well put together sequences. If James Cameron has a hand in it, he's really capable. Mm -hmm. He's a really capable director. But I think, Aliens, is it, who's the, I think Robert Rodriguez is Robert the director. Rodriguez, so it's going to be very pulpy yeah. action as well at times. Which know? I'm okay with. It's, and the action sequences are probably going to be great. I just wonder how much is going to hold the rest of it together. It, it just looks, the whole eye thing, the whole visual style, it just doesn't really gel well together for me because it's trying to be emotional and having her dad and stuff. But every time her dad looks at her and she's got these ridiculous anime eyes, it just it just takes you out of the scene completely. Yeah. So. No, Chris like, is in it though, and he's 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 yeah. always pretty solid. In, in well, like look, things. look, they they made a creative decision that's like completely different to what like anyone else who's tried to do like an adaptation of a manga or an anime 
has never done anything like this. And that is like a big part of those mm. like illustrations and stuff like that as well, as they do have these massive eyes. Mm, of course. So like, it is an interesting take on it. Agreed. Whether it works, though, is a hard no. Well, here's a question. They, 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 they missed it hard. Here's a question for you. Do you reckon they were expecting backlash if they didn't have, if they didn't kind of make her look anime? Well, I would... Reckon, I, it, it, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering about backlash trying, It's like they were trying to dodge a bullet and then... Wait, what? I wonder about backwash for whitewashing. That's what you get with a lot of these adaptations. Backwash. I know, I said backwash. <laughs> okay, cut that part. Uh, backlash from mm, whitewashing. I love me some backwash. They, but they, they get that. Like, even, like, any of these kind of adaptations, like, there's always backlash. Like, Ghost in the Shell is probably one of, like, the most notorious ones from it. Right, I, I was about to bring up Ghost in the Shell. This, this film, essentially, was already done last year. Like, so much of it just reminds me of Ghost in the Shell. So... It's almost, I hate to say redundant, but it's, if this film was released two years ago, maybe I would be like, oh, it looks really interesting. Mm, yeah. But this visual flair was literally done last year already. Mm. So I'm already a little bit like, okay, well, I've seen this already. But you know? see, and again, the trailer sort of, it's, it gives you the sense of how it starts kind of grounded. It, it, the, the, it looks kind of photorealistic and the effects look sort of subtle. Like she's in a physical set. Yes. And obviously, you know, it looks real. And then it just becomes this like Ludicrous. destruction derby. Yeah, CG fest. I unbelievable. Like I, what is happening by the end of that trailer? I have no idea yeah. what's I, happening. I lost interest by the end of it. Because the first one, I, it was somewhat interesting about maybe her place in society and she's different and she's a robot and you have those whole like Deus Ex style. And teams. probably the best yeah. that's ever been committed to a trailer when she says, does it bother me that I'm not human? You're the most human person I've ever met. I mean, I was on board with that emotion. If you look in the comments for that trailer, everyone addresses that line and says basically how it's a, that's just a man trying. You're heartless. <laughs> yeah. You're heartless, Rob, is what you are. Yeah. I, I cried. When you I heard cried that. when I heard that. She's a robot. And I agreed with him. Okay. Well, look, I, I, I will go see this. I probably will because it looks interesting. Mm. It looks interesting. Action could be great. I think the action sequences, as in one way, they look very just kind of removed from the emotion stuff, which I don't like. But at the same time, visually, they did seem to have a very distinct flair about them. They did. And yeah. Was, yeah. And do you think that like it's going to be kind of like a bit Mad Max esque, where you know, like Mad Max Fury Road, like there's not an awful lot happening there with regards to story, but visually it's great. Now, and again, a lot of it needs more polishing before that's going to be the case. But do you think that they're going to bring just like a lot of like really interesting visual elements? In which case, you know, it will help the movie. I bet you they're going to try and make the story overcomplicated with this political kind of comparison. And it's like the people up there living yep. up in the sky thing and they're going to get it all muddled up and it'll end up just being this convoluted story when ultimately it was like they just they missed the mark entirely on, on the messaging. But maybe they get the action beats right. I feel yeah. like that's probably how it's going to play out. Me 100%. I agree with that. And also it is, it's such a typically Japanese anime story like the whole the big city above and the people down the slum. Oh yeah, we didn't really tell you what yeah, happened. Like, Basically, she's a robot that fell down from like a big industrial floating city into yeah. like the poor city on the ground, and she's found and like what happens to her, I guess. Mm. And a lovely car outside while we were talking about that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, thanks for that. He disagreed with me, obviously. Yeah, he it did. was actually Alicia. She was having a fight with somebody outside. <laughs> yeah. She turned into a car. It was, it was amazing, actually. It's part of the Transformers okay. universe. And she's more human to me than anybody else. Mm. So look, mm. good God, I'm feeling it. I'll go see it. Right, I'll check right, it out. Right. I'll give it a chance. Let's but... let's move on. What's next? So this this is a this is a double whammy. Um, Toy Story four teaser and Toy Story four reaction, which just in itself raises a lot of questions. What did you think? Let's go with the teaser first. Okay. Nothing basically. Well, okay. So you say nothing, right? And realistically, at the start, I'd like agree with you. But the more I thought on it, there's some really interesting concepts being brought up with the fork guy. So, like, you know, there's nothing really given away. Forky is his name. Forky, yes, because they're so original. But I mean, like, it's <laughs> no, they're, they're probably taking it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. 
So you have like again like the toys just going around the circle, Forky freaks out and then everyone falls over and it's funny and it's fun. But it gives nothing away, which is like, okay, look, a teaser, you know, we know the movie's coming. No, you're gonna say here. That's it. But the fork is actually an interesting thing because it kind of touches on like, okay, like what if not as many kids are like as, you know, entitled or privileged or, you know, to have like all these toys, but then like that they make things. And then it begs a lot of questions around like, okay, like what gets sentience in that world? Yeah. Fork and hell, guys. Well. You were <laughs> holding on with that one. That was, I was, yeah. But, but it's interesting because again, like, you know, like again, it's a fork and he's like, I shouldn't be here. I'm not a toy. Yeah. But he's he's alive in it so like i'd say that's probably going to be a big part of the story like that that's the only thing you can get from the teaser story-wise yeah it's like if akita samba's a toy and does it then become yeah like, I know, when but is, like, like when is a fork a fork and when is a fork a toy that should be the tagline but like you, you've got you've got it true that like kids can find a way to play with anything like i think that we all <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter <laughs> look we all as kids, like you, like we were, we were from that generation that you actually went outside and you'd play with like sticks and stuff like that, like pretend they're stones or stuff like that, and stone sticks and stones. Well, so the song uh, in the background for that was was a song called "Both Sides Now" by Judy Collins. Does that I even know that? Does that? I wonder is like both sides now. I guess I assume they picked it because it's mm. supposed to reflect what's happening. So, both sides of like. Yeah, but toy like, versus like non-toy. You've, you've got an awful lot like where like okay like if kids can create something like that that's great and they can make an attachment to it but like as a story you know you're kind of like look they kind of they they had a really satisfying end to Toy Story three yeah. that you know like part of it is like do we need this movie the, okay that's perfect I was I let you guys kind of talk a little bit because you very definitely seem to have got a lot more out of trailer than I have and um, I watched this. Didn't take any of that stuff. I completely surface leveled. Just was like, okay, this is a bit of a boring trailer. Um, and I just can't get that out of my head about, is there a need for this? Toy Story. Probably not. I'm talking about, about earlier, like I said, about my distinct definitive conclusions are, are great when they're done properly. And Toy Story specifically. And they commit to them. They landed that ending perfectly. So, so now it feels like we are opening the box again. It's it's is it necessary? Because it can know? never be as neat a finish. As it will never be as neat a finish. And and, and that, that was a very nice finish. It was not, not only is this teaser. Here's why it's interesting. A, a teaser obviously is often you're only getting little snippets, so they can't really. They're, they're, it's not ready to give away. Watch the movie. So, but what they've done here is, and they've done it with the, the reaction as well. They've specifically animated something entirely separate, just to generate like buzz, buzz. or trailer mm. buzz. There's to so much to the extent that they made a toy for Toy Story four reaction trailer to their own trailer featuring Key and Peele as a duck and a bear. Um, but it, they were just essentially Key and Peele being... Their valet sketch, basically. Yes. And like, does that fit with kids' toy story? Oh, that didn't no, at all. it's not for kids. It's for adults. All, all, all child's animations things now have jokes in it for adults as well. That's yeah. exactly what this is for. It's for that older demographic. Well, I suppose this maybe again, this is a custom made, this isn't going to feature in the movie, so I guess yeah, they'd they be adults they watch this be. particular thing. I bet you they'll be very different characters in yeah. when they're in the actual Well, movie. I mean, at the same time, I, I think I was saying when we were watching, like it, those characters that Key and Peele kind of played remind me a lot of like the birds in Rio too. Never watched it. I have seen it, and I do not no, remember Rio, anything Rio about too. it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, it was just it was just the way that they're carrying on. Just was very reminiscent of that to me. But um, yeah, like it's it's interesting. All I took away from that was to infinity and your mom. That was <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. That was good. That yeah, was pretty funny. Anyway, no, but like like with like so many like pop culture jokes and stuff like that as well. Like, I mean, I'll go see this, but I'm 100. Why did they? Why are they making it? I, money. <laughs> Did anybody else get a bit of a Lego movie vibe with the with the whole Forky thing? You know, at the end a of the Lego bit. movie, they bring in those kind of just created 
like there's some oh, weird things at the end Duplo, and, and yeah, stuff like that yeah. and it's kind of like the baby voice going ah, meh, 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 and it's kind of yeah, and I was like ah oh, this is a bit of a Lego vibes and they're just kind of made mm. next I mean, time there's like a movie too I mean it's trailer. Pixar there's probably going to be a, a lovely heartwarming message just, there, just going yeah but that's the thing have they already yeah. undermined and have they already undermined their own oh. point by bringing it back out of toy box essentially yeah. well going from one movie about toys to another well, more about games but Detective Pikachu trailer <laughs> First off, they're making this. They're actually making it. Yeah, I mean, is, is this in the world? Is this in the real world? Hold on, I genuinely Am I still it. drunk? <laughs> yes, that's, that's You're always drunk. That's, that's true, uh, yeah. I'm like, like the Hulk. My secret is, I'm always drunk. Yeah. <laughs> what was it he says? I'm hungry, you won't like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's what he says in the, in the Edward Norton one, because he doesn't know how to speak Spanish. I guess uh, wrong. Sorry, Pikachu, detectives, what does he, what's happening? They've been, they spent a lot of money oh, yeah. on this by the looks of things. Yes. Yeah. This film is, is mental. It's it's essentially somebody sat down and went, like, let's just put Deadpool in a Pokemon film. And like I keep even when that it's girl Ryan Reynolds' is Pikachu sidebar. Yeah. Yeah. And when that girl said he's uh, this friend Pikachu, Detective Pikachu has a friend, a human friend who can understand when he talks. And nobody else can understand Detective Pikachu when he talks. He just speaks like Pika Pika. And there's a scene where he's like, oh, can you understand? Can you understand this Pikachu? Pikachu says, Pika Pika. And this lady goes, of course I can understand him. He's so cute. And because it's Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds yeah. is Ryan Reynolds and he's Deadpool and he's all these characters, I expect him to be saying something real like vulgar in the woman's face about like how I'd like to whatever, whatever with yeah. you, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was really expecting that. And I didn't get that. So he, literally brain... goes, he goes, yeah, because he says, oh, you're cute too. Yes. If that was Ryan Reynolds, he would have then tacked on something extremely dirty. Yes. So I felt... Like I was waiting for this comment, yes. but it didn't go. Or like, I it's, peek not, a, it's not Ted. No, but like I peek a choose you or something, or I'll peek a chew you up or something. Kind of, I expected it. My brain was primed to get this, yeah. and then it didn't get it. What's crazy to me is that they made this before just a regular Pokemon movie. I, I was, I was so happy. I'm so happy you said that. I really wanted to talk yeah. about this. This is, this is them putting their putting their own little Pokemon toes in the water with little with little little <laughs> sea swirls. Little, little, little Pokato. Yeah, so like there's the tentacruel and the tentacools are in the water and they're just dipping those toes all around them. And it's like because they want to see is there an appetite for a Pokemon movie? A well, full live action Pokemon movie. Thank you. Live action being the key word there, because apparently there have been tons of Pokemon movies. Oh, Pokemon yeah, movie when we were kids, don't forget that. No, I, with, I, uh, I mean I mean I mean I mean, I mean like I mean I leave I mean I mean live action. Yes. Yeah. Like this is yeah. their first live action one. The two two things on this. Is it right? So one of the things is that actually Detective Pikachu was a game that I believe came out earlier this year or pretty recently. Yeah, well I think and it, it did quite well. So I think that they, they might be drawing a bit off that, like the, the Pikachu in that actually apparently has like a gruff enough voice, yeah. which kind of suits that kind of Ryan Reynolds style to a degree. So I think that that's pretty good casting on that part. Again, I think that a lot of it is trying to make a Pokemon movie that plays to our nostalgia of Pokemon, but that will still appeal to our age group. Yeah, maybe. I know, I, I, I think surface level, get Ryan Reynolds, people love him in Deadpool, yeah. stick him onto a Pokemon. Get some get some support up and then release a Pokemon film after. Yeah. That's what I think this is one hundred percent. But it's just my God, it's, it's Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds' voice. <laughs> it's I know it's, it's not it's what bonkers. you expect. This is bonkers that they're making this. Yeah, it, it kind of takes the innocence of Pikachu. Yeah, I find it. And then all of a sudden, it's Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and he's like a hard-boiled detective so I, like, I almost want to see him like with sweating whiskey going time. to like hookers and stuff like this I mean, that's probably not going to happen no but like they, 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 do, it, they do it from the start where he's like put the stapler down or I will electrocute you here's a question is Ryan Reynolds two Ryan Reynolds in this that you, you're, you're just aware of him all the time right yes then? yeah you know no you doubt. kind of lose the f- you're, you're, you're not seeing it as like a Pikachu that's speaking you're seeing oh that's Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu if I yeah. was in charge of this, I would have literally had Ryan Reynolds just dressed up in an oversized Pikachu outfit. For 20 years. Or all right, all right. Keep, keep it for the bedroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Completely naked Ryan Reynolds <laughs> with two red dimples drawn on him just saying, I'm Pikachu all the time. I, 20, two, two hours long. I hope they reference it in Deadpool 3. I would love if they did, actually. That, that is a good idea. I, know. I, I think we're, we're all shocked that it's being made. But we'll shocked. Shocked. Oh, I didn't even mean to. Ugh, I amaze myself sometimes. Okay, let's move swiftly along. Detective Pikachu, I think probably I'll end up seeing that one. Cause 100%. How could I'm you not? That. How could you miss that one? It just seems insane. Anyway, oh my god. Oh, the next one is definitely interesting. I'm not sure what to make of it. Mortal Engines. I don't know. This is based on a book series, I guess. Mm. What are we looking at here? It's CG is what you're looking at. Oh my god. Mm. Here, and here's what I'm having an issue. Lord of the Rings. So... The background of this obviously is that it's behind the team that made Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson is producing it and he's given it the. So, I don't know. Like the Hobbit movies weren't exactly a great test. Yeah, a test, yeah test they weren't. But this is supposed to be cities moving, like massive cities on, on tracks and wheels eating each other. <laughs> so, why do I not feel like I'm getting a sense of scale when I'm At watching all. it? Like, I don't feel like. I can't. I'm not, I, I, okay. It doesn't look like it's massive. Like, yeah, it should but be, like. It, should feel, it looks big. It should feel. Okay, where am I going here? <laughs> I think I think that a lot of that is is that the CG is still not done yet though. Like it's it's early days for this. This isn't coming out until next year. No, 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 no. This no, no, is no. CG heavy. No, I don't mean the quality of the CG. I mean, it's, no, 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 I'm not even talking about the quality. I'm talking about like a lot of those kind of like big set pieces are still going to take time. Like and like you talk about any large CG scene. Let's go Civil War, the airport scene. That was one of the wrong. <laughs> the wrong about it. Jesus. Do you know what it is? It's the speed. It's the speed that things are happening. If, if you see things like that with huge cityscapes moving against each other, there's one where a bigger city swallows like an already swallows. big city. And that should be like, we should feel the movement. We should feel a slow, yeah. thundering thing as it goes around it. But instead, it looks like somebody it just has it up. Like, a, like a micro machine. It's like, because of that, there's absolutely no sense of scale and absolutely no sense of movement or size and. Because they're good at it in the Lord of the Rings. Like yes. everything feels mm. epic and grand. Everything, and all the big armies move slowly and they stomp, and you feel the stomp. And the shots are kind of given time to breathe, yeah. and it just looks mm. sort of like it has this sense of scale. But are you, are you just thinking like now, if like Return of the King? Oh, you know what? They're like and you're like, oh, look at this. That looks like a real place. Oh, I was, I was more thinking when the Rohan people like all charge in, mm. and they then, then, then they get their asses handed to them by the lads on the elephants. There was actually, everyone, everyone hated the horses dying more than the people. Yeah. I always there was actually yeah. real horses on the CG horses in that film coming down the coming down the hill. And then you've got Faramir not on a horse at all. <laughs> I think actually I think it was the sequence was it was a horse riding a man on a CG horse. That was the that was <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> a horse riding a man on a CG horse. Yeah, that's how they filmed it. That's a very different Lord of the Rings film you were watching, I think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, to bring it back to Mortal Engines, I yeah, I couldn't. I, I, my my again, my brain was like, what am I watching? Here? is interesting. It's like a post-apocalyptic as yeah, these are. Like, something I, has happened, so everyone has to move around constantly. I guess. Yeah. I think that if any of us have read the books, we'd probably have a much better reaction yeah. to this. Yeah. Like, it, it, but the books, the books have a huge following. Yeah, they do have a massive following, to be honest. 
it, it doesn't look terrible. It might be good. It, it looks like it's very, if we were maybe younger, again, the teen market, we'd probably love this. Yeah. It looks exciting. I mean, the, the, some of the scenes did look good. It yeah. looked like it was atmospheric it looked like it it was there's some epic moments in it you're you're probably gonna be like look if you're gonna go see this like IMAX would probably be a great one like really like try and immerse yourself in it yeah because I think that affects right right, right now it's not helping like you know like you're saying like with scale and stuff like that as well but I think that like with Peter Jackson like involved like part of that will come like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm optimistic that it will maybe it won't but like I, I think that like when you've got that team behind it that that type of stuff should come. So like, if you're going to experience that, like, you need something like big and grand. Yeah, it's like it's not something be, to watch on your phone. This is going to be cheesy though, because there's a line oh, in it where, where where your one goes. How will I know? Oh, well, like, what's the signal? Oh, you'll know. I hate. Just tell someone when you're. Just yeah. tell someone what the signal is. Sorry, but just if I just in case <laughs> just I do tell me it. in case I'm not looking or you. No, no, you. It's fine. You'll know. You'll know. Oh, something exploded there. Was that her? Was, was that, that the signal? Not? I mean, there are about forty thousand explosions happening, so yeah. I'm not sure which one to you, pick. You know that city just at that other city. Was that the signal? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. But you'll know though. That yeah. seemed pretty big though. Nah, that's fast. Anyway, yeah. so who we got? We've got. I don't know. Anybody. Hugo Weaving's in it. He's probably going to hate it. Mm. He's obviously. Well, no, he he, he hates most movies. That's, in that's my point. He'll he'll film it and then he'll be like, "Your man Dad. from Love Hate." What's his, yeah. what's his name? Robert that's Sheehan. That's his Robert name. Sheehan. Good there job. Go. He went to Trinity. You've got Ben Barnes in uh, in Killing Bono because I thought I was looking up uh, Mortal Engines. So forget I said that. <laughs> Mortal Engines. I'll. I kind of liked the, the idea. Anyway, so I'll probably go see it. I like kind of big sappy stuff like that, but it looks strange. It does look moment. strange. Okay, so Fantastic Beasts next trailer. Right, guys, I'm going to absolutely just say, like, I, I, I've seen like, two Harry Potter films, don't know anything about them. I watched this, and I, I, I just, I, I, don't, I know nothing about it, so I, I can't take anything from it. <laughs> so this, this is up, you guys can take this. Um, I haven't seen, I have watched the first one, I, I fell asleep what? twice watching the first one. Am I the only one who's watched this? Movie. Okay, look, interesting premise, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff being said about it. Uh, when we're talking about, you know, like, how it's going to look and how it's all going to play out, like, it's interesting. They're, they're trying to make movies from like throwaway lines and certain things and stuff like that as well like you know you've got Dumbledore Jude Law who features in a lot of the movies that we're going oh, to talk about all these trailers he's having a renaissance at what, the moment. What? that's great casting as well for like, he's, he's very for, good as a he young plays Dumbledore. young Dumbledore young Dumbledore but yeah so he's he's actually going to be quite good in it I think you know they're they're playing off the whole Newt Scamander from the first one. You know they're they're trying to keep the beasts in it, but a problem that a lot <laughs> of people the beast. no, but a problem that a lot of people had with it, right? And you know if you're talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, the not first beasts. movie in that, <laughs> there's plenty of beasts. I'll show you no, a beast. There's two very separate stories happening, and they're trying to continue on with that second story because that's what they tried to make like another series out of. As a second story, to make... is the Eddie Redmayne one, is it? Well, no, no. Eddie Redmayne and his beasts were like one story. Colin Farrell <laughs> and his beasts were another hey! story. And and you get got, your beasts uh, in order, man. No, okay. So like, as Grindelwald, spoilers. Uh, but like, that's the other one where he's trying to like, you know, why did you whisper spoilers? You should say spoilers louder, so then people won't listen to that part. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, film and go, oh, you know what happens? Spoilers. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my own spin-off of this film. I'm gonna call it Fantastic Beats and Where to Hear Them, and I'm gonna make a little bit of money on the side. I'm gonna. Mine's gonna be Fantastic Beats and Where to Grow Them. Oh God! <laughs> oh, oh, it took me. Oh, it took you far too long. Hurts. What? What about Fantastic Beats and how to protect against them? You guys use the good puns. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta left you. I, we got I, to go. I, with I it. do not get that one. Beasts. I'm gonna leave that sleeping okay. beast lie. Let's let's get a fun one. 
this is fun. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, as the comic guy here, I'm Go going to jump on this. This looks amazing. Absolutely love it. Every single thing about the trailer, I was like pooping like a madman. I love Ooh, it. First time I saw it, I was almost so like... You were pooping so much, you, you nearly got a cough from it. Nice. Oh, pooping cough. <laughs> um, absolutely love this. Really, I think the animation style is brilliant. It's like slowed it's down. It's so unique. It's yeah. so unique. So it's like... It's, it's, like, it's like stop motion a little bit as well, though. Yes. It does look sort of... The frames are obviously like, slowed down. It's like or something. So it's at half frame speed. So the movement looks stilted, but in a way, but you know that's why? awesome. Is it, is it almost like if you were to do like, to, like a flip book and it has that effect? Mm. It, if you saw one part, um, there was like a car crash and you could see the, the, the word balloon crash came up. Yeah. So I think it's obviously been like... And like the colour disappears yeah. at times. Yes. It's, it's just it like a sketch. Yeah, but, yeah. but not even that, but it's so colourful in other areas yep. as well. Yeah. Also, just the way that they they, they frame all the the, the, the whole the shots are it looks yeah. spectacular. So this, I remember when the first tra- nobody was really thinking anything about this. I remember I heard it was on the way, and the first trailer was released, and everybody just went crazy about it. Mm. And since then, it's picked up so much traction. The end, the post credit scene of the Venom movie was an extended scene from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Really? Which is so weird, <laughs> so strange because everyone's like, read your audience, Sony. Yeah, I mean, come on, Sony. Really, wow. but um, I know I think this looks so good. I think it looks really funny. I think the guy from New Girl who's playing Spider-Man, playing Peter Parker's Spider-Man, sounds brilliant. Mm. Sounds so good. He just sounds perfectly really... as like a sort of a, a downturn, but sort of going through a hard time Spider-Man. Yeah, but that that's that is what, and I think a lot of people don't know that with Peter Parker, he's supposed to be this the Parker look. They say you know he's always unlucky, never really gets what he wants. Never to catches be, a break, really. but he yeah. keeps going. You know what I mean, that's the thing. He's the real. He's the hero because he's the every man who keeps going. That's why mm, Stanley, yeah. like early got wrestling. That's why he made him. And the voice kind of captures the kind of. <sighs> just like just keep trudging here we along. go yeah. just keep trudging along yeah. and I think it just works so well and the film looks like it's played for laughs a lot yeah but and it's really good concept the guys well. I like I like Miller that and what's his, the, the guys behind the, the Lego, Lego movie, movie yeah. have a hand in this don't they they've yeah, written it just, I think yeah I like that it's uh, it's Miles Morales to change it up yeah. because again like we've had yeah, three Peter Parker origins in the last like what 10 yeah. years so it's really nice that they're bringing Miles Morales for like something different. You get to bring in that experienced Peter Parker as like you know the person teaching them the ropes or the webs as it might be. Mm. Uh, you've got Spider Gwen. You've got a lot of kind of like expanded Spider Verse stuff, which fits again obviously the movie. But you know you've got like all these like different takes on how it's been done before. Yeah. It's like a very good homage to like the big like universe that has expanded from all this over the years and introducing a lot of people who might not know it to it through yeah. like a really good medium and a really good story from the look of it. Like it sounds interesting. And um, you know, like that, that there's like Spider-Man in different universes and stuff with it as well. Spider-People. Spider-People, yeah. sorry, yeah. Or, or not even people. Oh I mean, my, spider We've things. got Spider-Ham. Yeah. John so, Delaney plays that. Like the voice is just 100% suited for that. And there's one of the trailers as well where they're like on the ceiling trying to avoid the view. And they're yes. like moving comically side to side as with his kids like on a swivel chair. And then he sees them and he just like freaks out. And then John Mulaney as like this like little pig in a Spider-Man costume just goes, do animals talk in this universe yeah. or am I really going to freak him out? And then the kid just faints. <laughs> so this is based uh, from on a comic from Dan Slott who took over Spider-Man for the last about 10 years I'd say. And he originally had the concept for this, Into the Spider-Verse. And what they did was such a good idea is that they actually took so all the different versions of Spider-Man that's ever existed and I mean like so there was a Japanese TV show 30 years ago or 40 years ago with a Spider-Man who had a big gigantic robot and he would like chain Spider-Man like Power Rangers into the big robot they were in it 
there's like Spider-Man, I think it's like a, the Turkish version of Spider-Man or something is in it. And they brought all these actual created, different, in, in reality mm. created, and brought them all together into one universe. And that's very similar to what this is doing. So it has, you know, kind of Spider-Man noir, by Nick, by Nick, Nick Cage. Cage, who loves superheroes. Mm. So. He wanted to be Superman in a movie. He was going to be. He shouldn't have been anyway. But what, what do you make of what do you make of Spider-Man? 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 Um, I've I've no sort of back background knowledge to like you know the, the whole comic history of all these characters and stuff. Just the visual style of it is very appealing, yeah. and alone the casting is a lot of fun. I have to say, um, it's not a generic origin story thing. There's just it's a, just this collision of fun characters coming together, and um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely gonna go see this one. Humor seems on point as well. Doesn't oh it? yeah. 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 That scene where he's like, seems like a fight or flight or flight thing about you go invisible, and the big creature, Green Goblin, goes rah, and he just disappears. Disappears. <laughs> done so well. Just done. The art style just really suits it. Even Spider Man, Peter Parker, Spider Man, wearing top half of his normal Spider Man outfit and just sweatpants, just normal sweatpants, and it's just yeah. it's just a cool yeah. image, just a great image. And it's a nice way to distinguish between the different Spider. Exactly. He's, really he's, he's like, quite dishevelled in this. I know. I really like, like the hair gel you were using. It's disheveled style hair gel that Carla's wearing today. Is it? Is it actually called? It says disheveled. It says well, it's not called disheveled. It says it on the. T- you you bought something to make you look disheveled. Apparently, I mean that's get that disheveled look today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want this disheveled face cream. It's, it's yeah. just like it's that. It's muck. that look <laughs> that makes it, it takes an hour to make it look like your hair is messy. Oh my god! I, but I, yeah. I, I, side note: I, if this doesn't win best animated movie at the Oscars I know they're fixed because I have a long history of them getting it wrong personally anyway Mowgli why are they making this this film was made last year <clears throat> and it's just sitting in a in a box no, no, in someone's office somewhere the Jungle Book was, was made last year it's two years ago two years ago how, how is this being made again already I don't know Netflix no they've only come on board now that was not a that Netflix not, movie yeah. yeah classic Netflix because, because they realise no one's going to go see this you've got so Andy Serkis is directing it and he's made it like a London gangster movie nearly. The blue is like this haggard, scarred, yeah. like the Cockney slang speaking bear. Well, I mean like you're never going to beat a Bill Murray blue. Hey, it's the bear fucking necessities. Like, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. But I don't get what this is. Christian Bale is Bagheera. So given how Christian Bale acts, I presume he became a panther for six months and Versus- then did the voice. Versus Idris Elba. I mean, come on. Well, no, Idris Elba was um, Shere Khan. Oh, he was Shere Khan, yeah, sorry. Ben Kingsley was, was bigger in, in The Jungle Book. I think the casting was more important. Mowgli! Get off my fucking set, Mowgli! <laughs> yeah. You're the fucking sound guy, Mowgli! Get the fuck off my... S- sorry, that's... That's Christian Bale as Bagheera. As Bagheera. Giving out to the DP on the movie. Okay, great. Um, I think it's weird. I think it's strange that they're making it. It's very gruff and haggard looking. Mm. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is basically playing Smog Part 2 in this as Shere Khan it, it's the same voice sort of yeah. thing that he does he only has one American accent by the way if ever you've heard him do an impression House, it's Dr. House it's, it's Dr. The House, House American accent, accent yeah. he, he was on some TV show the other day promoting something I think it's for the Grinch and he tried to do an American like a specific person is he in the Grinch? Uh, he's the voice of the he Grinch he is the Grinch the new animated one sorry yeah so he's Shere Khan that's Benedict's job in this particular one it's just growly, and he's got this weird velociraptor-like hand paw. Yeah, I on. didn't understand that. He's at got all. this injury. The tiger's injury. It's from paws, like on its the, the yeah, back. Yeah, the nub. Yeah. Oh, so whenever it's I, too gruff, and 
and painful looking for a Jungle Book movie. Whenever I hear Shere, was it Shere Khan? Shere Khan. Shere Khan. I always like think the of, supermarket across the road. Ah, it's that's Shere the supermarket. Khan, supermarket. <laughs> I always think of uh, Mortal Kombat and Shere Khan. You know the oh. last boss in Mortal Kombat two. I forgot um, about that. Uh, so like every time I'm like oh, the Jungle Book, I'm always like all these like lions and tigers and whatnot. Finish and then, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shere Khan is going like good impression. Yeah. Sounded like him, but I don't think. I have any particular interest in seeing this. I actually enjoyed the Jungle Book when they made it. That yeah, was, that was me too. It looked incredible. Yes. This doesn't look as polished. No. And again, it's just, it's like, like I understand the concept wasn't done two years ago about reimagining it and making like the creatures look like real creatures, but still interacting and still talking. But again, it was literally done two years ago. Yeah, it's strange that they're, yeah. That is such a common trend in, in Hollywood. They, at, at, a, a movie type happens like a, t- a very specific one yeah and two versions of it come out yeah Do you remember, remember there was two White House movies yes White House Down and Olympus one. Has Fallen Olympus they came out a month of each other what was that about yeah. then there was two Snow White movies randomly yes Sorry. Uh, loads of stuff like that happens and you've got this as, this is classic and actually they, I think they created that distance I think was this movie there? has been ready for a while it has yeah. and they've, Netflix has now bought it just to get people to view it I guess but the problem here is that like the Jungle Book movie had Disney behind it. It had the Jungle Book name. This is just Mowgli. Mowgli. Yeah. It's like you're already on the back foot, you know? Mm, like Shere Khan is. Nice. On the back of his foot. No, I was going to say, or, like, or backwash, like Carol was talking about earlier. But uh, What? Remember, <laughs> when the, the was back, I talking about that? The, the backwash of the, of the, of the whitewash. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I thought you were talking about backwashing into my beard. And I was like, I'm not backwashed, excuse you. Um, let's move on to one. I, I, I don't know very much about this, so I'm going to let you guys take points. This trailer for Glass. All right. I'm gonna, like, again, another film I am 100,000% on board with. Definitely 100,000. 100,000. I mean, that, that's no exaggeration. No word of a lie. 100,000%. Like I said earlier, I'll do the promotion for him. Wham Bam in the Van. I think it's, it's just... I love Unbreakable. Loved it when it came out. Again, a film that didn't really seem to make that big a landing when it was first released. I, don't think, I, don't, I really don't think many people have. Certainly many people didn't see it when I, it first came I think came that out. it gained more after. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. It kind of has almost like the cult following. But I remember because yeah. I got the DVD years ago and it was like... What's a DVD? I know, right? Um, a digital versatile disc. That's what it stands for, everybody. Does um, anyone remember that old terrible when, when we just got the Euro that Cabri's had? Daddy, what's a Euro? I don't know. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. Okay, well, if anyone remembers it, please don't make me be on my own with this. This actually was a thing for dairy milk. We'll find it. And it was just like, what's going on? Carl's gone into a mad rage. We've somehow hidden ourselves away from him here, but maybe he'll get out later on. We're in a box in the corner. Anyway, tell us about this Unbreakable Glass. So, basically, Glass is uh, Unbreakable, and the film that was released uh, two years ago, Split is same director M. Night Shalamalamalam which, which hold on <laughs> the, the, the twist at the end of that movie that it's all part of a Shalamaverse Spiders 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 Shalamaverse yeah dear. people love shared universes a Lamaverse loads of llamas just from around <laughs> I, would, I would watch a film the Lamaverse hold, hold on hold on hold on the Emperor's New Groove is in it as well <laughs> the, the, the llamas with hats from YouTube Carl but basically yeah so it, it's it's the character from Unbreakable um, who was played by Bruce Willis, and it is the character from Split who is played by a beefy James McAvoy, a very very <laughs> a beefy James McAvoy. Boy, um, boy, and they basically come together and are gonna duke it out. But it's 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 like they're like superhero films, but they're more intelligently it's done as yeah. well. Though it's like a yeah, it's like a slam on superhero. 
yeah. films, like that genre. Because both Unbreakable and Split, when you're watching them, are in no way, they're, they're kind of thrillers, both of them, and they're in no way superhero films until the very end of both films, spoilers, you kind of realise, oh, wait a minute, I'm actually watching origin stories for like superheroes and supervillains. It's, it's really strange. Yeah. It's Is like, Unbreakable the one that stars Bruce Willis? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then he gets a cameo at the end of Split. Yeah. Oh, does he really? He Spoiler does. alert. The music. I was in the cinema, Split ended, really enjoyed it. Really in, very intense film. And at the very end, this music started up. And I was like, where do I know that music from? I, I, I recognize him somewhere. My and then my jaw slowly started to like just fall on my face. First time in a long time that I was surprised by a movie. Did not see this coming at all. And I realized, oh my God, I know the music from the film Unbreakable. Anyway, also, you're saying it's worth a watch. Obviously. I cannot wait for it. So I need to do a bit of homework. Though. I need to do Unbreakable and I need to see Split really to well, enjoy it. Well worth it. Split is such an intense film. Oh my God, it's such an intense film. James McAvoy. Very well done though. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to watch it. And like, like, just, like just, just how creepy it is. Ugh, that's why I haven't um, watched it. <laughs> it's so creepy. But like, disturbingly creepy that I... Yeah. You're I'm wondering about this, why it's BG, PG-13 when Split is very, very intense. I mean, he kidnaps three women young girls like and it's mm. it's so so claustrophobic and intense so I'm, I'm like wow. that's what I love about ah. it most of it is spent like in the two rooms yeah. this is split for, yeah for split sorry and like you, you just get it's that between claustrophobic them, uh, yeah you just get that claustrophobic <laughs> feel Sounds like your kind of film, Carol. You know, three people kidnapped in a room together so um, what's the next trailer Rob? Uh, let, me, let me get on wow. so Aquaman 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 Lothriel oh, yes. oh. Bastard yes Mammy. I mean, like, I'll let you guys feel this for a while, and then I'll. I in. I'm going in cautiously optimistic with this. Are you banking on this film? So you can say you're you're river banking on this film. Oh yes, terrible. I'm not terrible. gonna. No, I'm not. The only reason that I'm kind of hopeful about it is because James Wan has been very much saying I've been just going my own with this the whole time. I do not care what Justice League did. I don't care about versus Superman did. I want to make my own movie that kind of creates this own unique universe that we've never seen before. The problem is what we've seen so far is very. <laughs> that's very colourful and full of CG and it looks very mm. fake at times and then suddenly then it looks grounded when there's like this foot chase in Greece or whatever you know it, yeah. I'm, the tone seems like there are conflict at certain points gotta love those foot chases yeah a foot chase <laughs> oh my god there's a big foot after me <laughs> I've been, I've been defeated. It's 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 almost like they're like, hey, we've got this guy who can breathe underwater, does all his most things to do with water, so let's take him out of water and put him yeah. on land. Yeah, fish out of water situation. Ah, oh, yes. That's like, what they're doing. They put him in a desert. Like you said earlier, yeah. roll credits right there. Yeah. Drop that mic. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll drop it. cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drop the broken one. Um, I, I'm obviously going to go see this, but I, I can't tell right now if it's going to be good or bad but not it's even, on a knife edge a knife's edge for not me. even that the entire DC expanded universe is on a knife's edge like there's so much stuff happening there there's so much bad stuff Batman's knife is killing everyone well it's but, but not, even, not even not even not even the entire Rocky start that's been done to it but a lot of people don't even know if it's going to continue it's been actors pulling out of stuff Rocky start, Rocky's in it as well I was just about, hey. I was about to say that I was about to launch him with that I, was uh, I love you Adrian that'd be okay. great but uh, the Justice League, you know, like Aquaman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the Italian like, Stallion, like Rocky, like one of like, those bloody uh, Zimmer frames in the corner, like, oh, Adrian, I can't, I can't do it, I, I, I can't do it anymore. That's my Rocky impression. I don't know. It's pretty Rocky. But, bravo. Well, but anyway, you're saying, Carl. 
before we rudely interrupt. I know, yeah, jeez. Uh, but there's a lot of talk about whether the DCEU should just do a complete like reset. reset. And a lot of people think that that's what's going to happen with the Flash movie, that they're going to do Flashpoint, and then they're going to try and reset a lot of stuff. Um, I think Transformers, hard reset. Yep. They messed it up so badly... They're doing the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie as well, which is like when you're trying to do an experiment. Hold on a second. Are we talking about Transformers or DCU? Okay. <laughs> well, look, they're, they, they, they need to like get their act together. Like the whole reason why they rushed into a lot of stuff is to try and match the yeah, MCU. Yeah, they try to catch up with Avengers. And they and try to play catch up and they're like, well, we had to because this. No, you need to do a good job with it. You need to explain things. And me and my brother were talking about this the other day, actually. Probably one of the better ways that they could do this is to just take it as don't do origins for people just do it that they're like this is the world like you start off in it and you've got someone fresh to the world who will be your intro to all these things your point of view character so uh if anyone's ever watched young justice they actually do this quite well with the sidekicks and then they kind of branch out and do their own thing so that'd be a really interesting thing because like you can actually explore new characters i know that like you know superman and batman and all this like they're the money makers and stuff like that but try and take it from a new perspective. You can still draw these characters in, but then you're actually developing characters with something well, new saying, that people can enjoy. You're saying use these to introduce Aquaman. Like he comes in from just our general days of Aquaman and he hangs up his fork at the door and it's, he's already... He's dripping Honey, back. I'm home! Yeah. yeah. Basically, they need to just... The, the, our point of view character could be Ryan Reynolds from that Green Lantern movie. As he's getting to meet all the others. Like, that'd be great, right? Mm. Well, actually, okay, so like, there's there's different things that are happening on with DC, right? And DC did an animated universe. I was joking, by the way. Just, no, no, just no, but Jenny, 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 right? Look, DC, <laughs> I was on board with it, to be honest. DC okay. did an animated universe with just Detective Pikachu, bring him in, and he gets to see all the other characters through the eyes of Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, past the parts that we're probably going to cut from this podcast... Uh, DC did an animated universe starting with DC uh, Justice League War and that's actually really good it brings all the Justice League together in a way that makes sense it makes use of like each of their individual like what they actually bring to it instead of like the Justice League movie that they, hit, they did the live action one where all of a sudden you know they're like losing 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 Superman shows up beats every single one of them and is better than any one of them at any one thing and is a terrible terrible character for that reason you see, and Carl, he's mustacheless which really bothered me you see Carol you've hit upon the, the, the main tenet of the problem with the DC universe is that you have the Justice League and you have one guy who has the powers of everyone else oh, all by himself no, no. and but beside him I would like there's a guy called him. Batman who's just a guy with a bat suit on but, but my, my main thing, right, with the Justice League and with Superman in particular as a character, okay? Superman is a jack-of-all-trades. But the other part of that is... Oh, no, 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 no. A jack-of-all-trades no, jack is like, ah, oh, okay, though. This guy is the best at no, everything. But that's Even my better point. than the people who only have that that's single power. That's my point. He shouldn't be. He should not be faster than The Flash. He should not be better at strategy than Batman. He should not be better at fighting than Wonder Woman. But he can do a lot of different things. Yeah, but then he's not Superman. Then he's a different he character. He still is. He still is no, a Superman. If you, so... if you have him, have those powers, but not be as good as the other people, but, but you, you he make, loses his Supermanness. But you make every other character redundant. Of course, but, but that's and that's the DC problem. That's always been the DC problem. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it can't. They can't do the Marvel thing because if you underpower Superman, he's not Superman. If you do what they did in Man of Steel and make him the most ridiculous, powerful creature in the entire universe then you get the redundant state they're in now. So the problem is, maybe in a film universe, these characters just don't work together. 
Mm. No, like, but, but my point is, is that if you look at the animated film, they do. I think this actually looks okay. I think they're, they're, they're doing what they always should have done and what Marvel do, and they're like, no, let's commit to the comic origins. Mm. Let's have real colourful, really weird outfits and weird it's costumes. They really went all in on his suit. On his suit, right? It's 100% orange and green. Which I did not expect. Oh, and of course, they didn't take the Justice, Justice League, League version, so. yeah. Mm. The one problem, I, I, I think it looks good, it looks very bright, it looks very colourful, but my problem is, all I can think about is, do you know in Star Wars Episode 1, when they go underwater to meet the Gungan village, or not the Gungan village, oh, but the yeah, underwater no, village? Oh, it's a bigger fish. It, it is, is the Gungan village. Yes, and it looks like that, and that makes me think of very bad things. Because mm. again, Brian Blessed would <laughs> that weird fish creature thing. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot. It's like, can someone that. just hold those jowls I can never still for a oh, second, please? Don't, I don't want to hold those jowls, Carol. That's disgusting. Sign me up. Carol, stop. Anyway. <laughs> Carol. Put your jowls away, Carl. <laughs> He's after dropping child. Anyway. <laughs> you can't tell us, but Ross really just spat out his beard. <laughs> you came? Oh, Jesus. I almost spat my beard out there. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, this, anyway, okay. I come out, I think we're all a little bit cautious about it, but I, I think we're, we're definitely going to go see it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to it. I'm okay. looking forward to it anyway. Um, let's move on to oh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, yes. Oh no! I mean, Ooh. if you guys want to talk about this first, because I'm, I've got, I've got a lot to say about this. Uh, I don't. I just, I think, I think that series is an absolute mess. Yeah. None of them have aged in thirty years, because apparently each one was a decade later. Yeah. Magneto was the worst person in the world, but somehow he's a hermit. Like he's killed millions. Of For people. like the third time in that continuity. It's, yeah. Yeah, they've butchered him as a character. Um, he says the line, "I've seen the face of true evil, and it's you." And I'm like, "No, no." Look at yourself, Magneto, you son of a bitch. I, I love X-Men First Class. Absolutely adore it. I it was yeah, really like So great. Days Future Past. I think that's I mean, solid. I think they did their best mm. to bring the two things together. Apocalypse is one of the worst just superhero films. I actually think... Oh, terrible. terrible. I, think, I, I, I bet you Ivan fucking Ooze. No. I think... I, think <laughs> I forgot about not, that. Not Apocalypse at all. Ivan <laughs> Ooze. Like, Oscar Isaac must be looking at it. Oscar Isaac Ooze. Dude. <laughs> This does look funny though. I mean, I, I, I essentially think they're actually just being like, so basically, uh, Fox are losing the rights to the X Men franchise, so it's going to go back well, to the They're losing it. They're, they're selling, selling, selling it. This is yeah. a cash grab as they're walking out the door. It's yeah. both a cash grab and let's thank all of these characters so it'll be a really bitter memory for a while after this. That's mm. what it seems like to me. Well, I mean, the trailer says this is the end. Oh, that's true. It has that? I don't think this is going to be as bad as Apocalypse because Apocalypse was atrocious. I mean, it's hard. In to one be way, worse I would say that. I don't think it can be worse. But after watching that trailer, I'm like, this film is definitely going to be worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so like, Jean Grey, do you love her? Well, I mean, like, it's it's more like the it's a gray area. <laughs> oh, jeez, Jeannie Mac. Oh, terrible, terrible stuff. No, but like, it's. The Phoenix for the Phoenix element has already been done. First of all, like we're saying about films, my point, it's ruining the other ones. Or so, they're trying which, to retrofit weird which, stuff, which is terrible. They've already done the scene at Phoenix Saga, and it's technically the same universe because Patrick Stewart yeah. and McKellen have been in this. Series. And it was terrible. Yeah. And now they're going to make it worse, which is and, amazing. And I'm sorry. Can, can we all agree though that Sophie Turner should just try not doing an American accent oh and just talk normally? It's terrible. I I, I feel nothing for any of those characters. At the end of the last film, they all had their like actual individual costumes that they had from the cartoon, and in this film, they don't have them again. It's like I just don't feel. Did anything. they have their individual? Yeah, costumes? for the last scene in the film. I remember Mystique is given like this, this speech. Why is Mystique there? Why is Mystique with them? Because uh, Jennifer it. Lawrence. But basically, she, said, she just sells movies. She sells tickets. Yeah. Mm. No, like, like the, the, the the there's a lot of stuff said I'll buy about a ticket. 
around the costumes and stuff like that that they had. And I actually don't remember that they all had their own individual costumes. But that is something that has not been properly done in an X-Men movie. And that was actually a big part of them, is that they're all unique and that this is like a big thing about like people coming together in their own unique way and stuff like that as well. Like you do have like some of the color schemes that map over and stuff the like that. The X Men is all they about diversity. Not, mm. They should not the have a same uniform because it's all about expression of self. And like that's a big thing to do with like what the X Men is all about. Like it's about like expressing like being who you are and stuff like that as well. It's a lot of like the underlying themes behind it. And they are ruining that with these like same uniforms and stuff yep. like that. Which, 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 yeah, the do -do 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 cartoon yeah. got so right. Well, yeah. everyone in this everyone universe where Wolverine sees his original costume and goes, "Fuck that!" If ever yeah. there was a middle finger, yeah, to the the, the comics yeah. and the, 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 the incredibly not only successful, but that TV show is so revered. Oh God, still is how well made it yeah. was. The movies are but, just like we don't want to do that. No, but if you if you look at like some of the other stuff, like the Spider-Man costume compared to like the Tobey Maguire one and the Andrew Garfield one, the Tom Holland one was very colorful and like really loved. Like Captain America is going to be getting the scale uh, effects stuff apparently. Imagine in the first the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film, if he went to put on the old blue and red costume and he was like, oh, "That looks like a piece of shit." And put on a black leather thing and just swung off. And that was it for the rest of the three films. Yeah. He had that black leather thing on. Yeah. I mean, would you be like, oh, great, Spider-Man's great. Or would you be like, why is he not wearing his outfit? Why, is he... why does he not look like Spider-Man? I know it's not no, as look, iconic, look, but like, it's just like... You, you, get, you get some updates with the movies and the comics and stuff like that as well. Like, Star-Lord's a great example. He had, like, this, like, Nazi-looking helmet and stuff like that. <laughs> he genuinely does. Oh, this is and, a, and an actual uniform in the comics. He did. And then he, he becomes so much more casual. He's got his kind of, like, red leather jacket... And which, that changed, one of which you have. Yeah, that changed. We've that got changed our own character in the comics. This though, picture will forward. be put up of uh, Carol dressed as Star Lord because it was amazing. I if don't. We have, have one picture. I do. I'm pretty okay. sure we do. Uh, but yeah, so like uh, that changed the character going forward. Whereas like you know you do have certain elements of that too. But um, like I think that they yeah they sorry to, to bring this all the way back like they're not doing an awful lot with this. This is definitely like a last kind of out the door thing. But like, I'd really like to see them do a better job. Like, I'm I was disappointed that they all have, you know, like the the same costume. I didn't see at the end of that they all had separate ones, yeah, which yeah. makes me even more disappointed. But That's the fact that they all have this, like you didn't even see it, which shows yeah. you how little they cared about. I'm yeah. not even seeing it. At the like it's it's it, it's bad. You know, they're doing something that's been hashed out before with the Phoenix again. And look, it's a great storyline from comics from that original cartoon as well. It's one of the most it's, famous it's, it's, stories. It's been done. Like, give us something fresh. Like, if they were gonna... Like, if it's the end of it, right? Like, give us something, like, big. Like, the death of Professor X and stuff like that. Something that would split the X-Men like they did in the comics. Already something been done, though. Great. Professor X already died in the movies. Yeah, he did, as well. Like, he, he already he had died. an identical bald wheelchair to chin, though. Twin? Twin, not here's, chin. Here's my identical uh. bald chin. <laughs> Professor Xavier now just lives in his telepathic chin. Yes. The whole film is just about the chin. Yeah, yeah. James McAvoy's chin is like wins, wins an Oscar like but like just a lot of the stuff you had a good chin mark with this guy last time a lot of the stuff and look like maybe back in the 2000s like they needed to do that with some of the costumes and stuff like that as well but people are far more accepting now like I said embrace it embrace your yeah. roots don't stick your fingers up in it no but like you look at Deadpool Deadpool did a great up. job and Deadpool had Juggernaut Juggernaut as like this big massive guy not the Vinnie Jones yeah. cack that On we were the given. Juggernaut bitch <laughs> that was in the movie that's I'm taken that that's up. taken from a YouTube meme of the of the cartoon and that's why it was in the movie 
So that's actually pretty... I actually like that. Oh. Because he says, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Anyway, that's us for Trailer Corner, everybody. That's our Trailer Extravaganza. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. There's one more you, to talk about. Well, we have... We saved the best for last, I think. I think. It's the most uplifting, hopeful trailer we've seen all day. How to Train oh. a Dragon 3. I'm... Like, I don't think they can do any wrong for me. I am jacked every time I see these trailers. And this in particular gets me, me That team tune pumped. as well. That tune that they work, the team they work into yeah, all they the, kind of... Yeah. Just annoyed to have Dove Jonesy back because he did music for the last I, one. I'm hoping that, they, that because this is like the first trailer that maybe he's still working on an yeah, original song maybe. for them or something. Um, because his sound Next suits the Nordic team yep. and everything because mm. he's from Iceland, I guess. So mm. volcanoes, dragons, that kind of stuff, it's all the same. The designs for these films... Like, I love the first two. The second one, a lot of people didn't seem to like it. We got kind of poorly received in places. They, they never long-bottomed us. They, that, I don't know what that means. They made him him sexy. <laughs> the main character. The main oh, character's he, a bit he, nerdy. Sorry, the person I, that he's like, yeah, the actor who plays yeah. Yeah, Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay, he, okay, like, okay. he becomes an adult. Yeah, and, and a lot better looking, and they did the same thing. Yeah, but like I love, I love how to turn a dragon. In the first one, he loses his leg. It's a, there's an actual consequence of things that happen. Mm. The second film, spoilers, he loses his dad dies. There's actual consequences to the things that happen in children's films that you don't usually see. So like you actually are not things might happen that you don't expect. You know, you you get emotionally invested in characters, but then they may die. I love that about these films. I love the people, the characters grow, they evolve, there's development. I, mm. I loved the first I one. Think about yeah. how significant that was that he loses his dad in yes. the second one. His dad, the entire time, doesn't trust dragons. Doesn't like the idea of befriending dragons. And then ultimately... Gets killed by get a dragon. Gets killed by one. Like, the one that his like son... Brutal. The one that, that his son... That is tough to watch. Mm. Because and it's his own... Yeah, it's his son's dragon does it. Yeah. Toothless does it. That's... But I... I, I you know, and it's... There, there's always like these are like real like... It's it's kind of a glutton for punishment, but I actually love that scene because I love the impact that it has. I love that. And I love the music, the music for Stoic's uh, funeral. Yes, it's one of my favorite songs from that soundtrack. Those movies as well. really I well up when I'm watching those. Because... Soundtracks as well, incredible for them. The but so, so what's happening in this this latest trailer? I guess so. The latest trailer is there's on? a new threat, a guy who wants to take down the, the dragons. Fury, take down dragons, yeah. Oh, another. And he's 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 I know another Drago Bloodfist, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, they have to have something, but um, yeah, he's coming for the dragons. Uh, long story short, they uh, will have to escape to this hidden dragon land that they can access through the Light Fury, as they've named it, who will be uh, Toothless's love interest in the movie, which has a great little kind of courting scene with like different animal mating mm. dances and just having a lot of fun with it. So I feel like this means that what's going to happen is, is he's going to release Toothless and your one at the end. Oh, I was supposed to have you heard, so do you know the story from the books? Like, do you know? I've never, I've never okay. like looked up what the story now. Well, the then I, I mean, should I, I won't spoil it. Don't, I'm do, going to. Do not spoil okay. it. But anyway, I, I, it looks great. It really does look great. I just, I hope the villain, because the villains in the films, I think they need a little bit more development and a little bit more they kind of come and well, go. Well, no, but they're, they're, they're very, they're yeah. very, like, in the first one, it's just the big bad dragon. Yeah, of course. God, you know, that fair enough. scene is epic, though. That the fight scene at the end. Brilliant. Drago. You were talking about scale earlier, and you were talking about the mortal engines. Brilliant scale. example. Brilliant yeah. comparison. The, ap the fight scene at the end, when Toothless is fighting that humongous dragon, the sense of scale is incredible. Like, even at lifting off the ground, you yes. know it's, like... <clears throat> Weighty. It's, it's, it's weighty it's meaty it's, it's like meaty. It's, mm. Mm, that's a meaty jump but it's, it's like it hurts to think the jump it's so large yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? it takes it's so training. much effort to do and you feel that 
put out mortal engines with just like delicious I ate New York but yeah so again what's going to happen I've completely lost my train of thought well you were saying that during this hidden world what's going to happen the hidden world that they've found I guess is the origin it's where all these dragons are kind of coming from and stuff like that it's where they're all yeah and where they're going to go and stuff like that as well and like there's there's going to be heavy hitting emotional beats I mean I feel like this is dragon on now son of a bitch sorry basically Carl do you think it's going to be good I do, I do. If I mean, like they they hit the mark really well with the first one, they killed it with the second one. Literally, wow. Uh, no, but they like did. very good, like really good at getting emotional response from you. Really good, like the relationship with Hiccup and Toothless is like up there, like yeah. in movies. Like you're like you can really tell, and like they you can tell that they kind of took like cats and dogs behaviors yeah. for how they feed into Toothless. Kind of moves. But yeah, because and like just the the bond there is great, and like it's gonna be heartbreaking when they have to separate at the end. Mm-hmm. Rob, think it's gonna be good. I know it's gonna be good because the guy who's directing it only accepted the first movie on the condition that he could do all three because he was gonna map out an entire story for this. So like he, it's in safe hands. I know it's gonna be good, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, yourself? Oh, it's, I can't wait for this one. I think it's gonna be fantastic. I love the original, love the second one. Emotions are there. It's a kids' film that doesn't feel like a kids' film. Yes, that, no, I would love to be a kid. So it's hard to watch sometimes. I already, I have a bugbear as well with this movie. You were very aware of this. The fact that the second one didn't win the Oscar. I know. Oh, I know. Disgracefully extraordinary. Disgraceful. They gave Big Hero Six, which is fine. It's fine, I guess. Is it? I watched it and I, it's forgettable. I watched it and I didn't really it shows your word. It. Fucking Disney. They've got fingers oh. in many pies. Anyway. I, I think it's going to be brilliant. I think That's my all... one to watch for next year. That's oh, yeah. my yeah. one to watch. It's next February, so it's probably one of the earlier ones. Mm. All right, well, that's our trailer extravaganza. I hope you enjoyed it. Basically, it's a long list to get through, but that's yeah. because there's so much was coming out over the last couple of weeks. But yeah. It is an extravaganza. Right, we've got to zoom through this, guys. So we're moving on to our last section, which is, of course, Consumption Corner. Do, 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 do. That's not our title sequence. No, no, no. It is now. Do, 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 do. you got to keep doing that every time. Yeah. Every time. Every time you say Consumption Corner. So let's see. What are we watching? What are you reading? What are you playing? I'll kick it off, if Go you don't mind. Um, so, oh, I mind. Okay, so here's what's happening. I've been watching The Good Place, and boy, is it good. Place. <laughs> Thank you for that. I was hoping someone would drop in. Um, quick premise behind it: uh, the idea is uh, Kristen Bell is the lead. She dies. She wakes up, and your man's like, "You've died. What's happening to you?" And the idea is that um, the premise in this show is that they're and actually they very cleverly address how this isn't tied to any specific religion. They kind of go, "Look, every religion got it about five percent right," which is so it immediately sets the scene is disconnect yourself from like you know a particular religious religious persuasion expectations this is a tv show that like mm. they do a good job of immediately nipping that in the bud and the idea is that every single action you do in life has a positive or negative outcome and it you're, you're applied points to your person by like i guess whoever is supervising i like that and then if you have a certain if you're well in the positives then you get to go to the good place because you've earned it the idea is that like she's there but it turns out that she's not supposed to be there she's a bad person She's a very bad person. So she arrives at this lovely good place. Ted Danson is the guy who's managing the little area that she's in. He is a delight really? in it. Oh, he's, he's such a, as you can see there, and you've got this kind of mix and match of like these funny characters. And you're starting to suspect that not only does she not belong there, <coughs> that maybe a couple of the others that have also just joined the good place didn't get there. So there's been an upset in the system and Ted Danson's character who's running it is trying to figure out, oh my God, how did these people get here? What's happening? And the show's now in its third season. Wow. And there are twists and turns abound in this show. Is it that a Netflix original? 
I don't think so. Is it actually it original? <laughs> I, it na so it's, this is why you like it. I'll finish with this. The guy who made Parks and Rec has been trying to make this show for a decade. Oh. It's his show. Michael Schur is the guy behind Parks and Rec. He co-created Parks and Rec. Um, he this is his show. He wrote a lot of wrote not sorry. He read a lot of books on philosophy, and that's what's inspired this one. That's why it's all about like like what's really good, what's really bad. Why should Thank you get you. to a good place? So it actually touches on those topics, which is very, very interesting as well. And it's just hilarious. I highly encourage everyone to watch. Cool. Anything else you want to mention? Um, I've been watching Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Um, I have watched a couple of the Jack Ryan movies over the years. Harrison Ford very famously played him in yep. a couple of movies. Mm -hmm. um, those ones are good. There's Against the IRA. Sean Bean. Clear and present danger. Sean Bean is in it. Sean Bean is in the IRA. Not, not in real life. <laughs> no, 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 he's in it. <laughs> Sean Bean is in the IRA. Yeah. You heard it here first. There's also a Ben Affleck movie, which is fine, with Morgan Freeman. I think there's some of all fears. Some all fears. There's, uh, Wait, is that Jack Reacher? Yeah. No, not Jack Reacher. It's, it's um, Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Oh, and right. then, as well. Yeah, and then there's also the a, recent one, there's, there's a Chris Pine one. Is, um, Chris Pine one? All of them are pretty poor. Mm -hmm. The characters of Orbs are good. This is a good TV show. It makes You realise that this is actually a character that's designed for TV. It makes sense. It's more episodic in terms of how it plays out. John Krasinski from the gym from The Office Ooh. is Jack Ryan. He's all beefed up. He's a big beefcake in this. He's built like an absolute tank. He, he got beefed for, um, what was that? that film? It's that um, ben, Michael ben, Bay ben, movie. Ben, the the yes. 13, 13, 13 Hours. 13 Hours. The Benghazi film, isn't it? Yeah, it's Benghazi film. He did short. get very beefy. He absolutely jacked I mean, for it. Jack Ryan. Anyway. Nice. Beefy boy. But look, it's very good. I, I think the idea is that he's actually, you get to see him work as an analyst. The whole point is that he's not like an absolute killer. He is a desk jockey who has like a, a war sort of soldier past that kind of haunts him. So they kind of painted this nicely. Um, I'm maybe about halfway through the first series. It's very enjoyable. It's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I think it's well worth to watch. It's a good sort of action, sort of political kind of thriller. Cool. Series. Any, any... Amazon Prime sponsor our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> does that uh, does uh, Jack Ryan give any like kind of Jim Jim knowing looks at the camera throughout the action or anything? <laughs> That'd be great. Just like yes, halfway through an action they're, scene, they're, cuts. More, they're more solemn and depressing <laughs> uh, than giggly. Oh no. That's me, that's what I've been enjoying over the last week in terms of TV. Uh, I'll go next if you don't mind, yeah. Uh, so, one that I did want to kind of work on was... Uh, work on oh, well, not work on, but like one I wanted to mention. And it's been a little time since I've consumed this, but I did get like a reminder of this uh, recently. And I just want to mention, because it's so good, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Wanted to bring like an anime into this. Mm. Um, it is... It's all about the eyes, apparently. Ah, well. I, I. Okay, so Netflix did a remake of this, which also is kind of why it's a little bit topical. The remake is terrible, do not watch it, but you can catch uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and the original Full Metal Alchemist, but the Brotherhood one is the one that's most close to the manga. And as a story, it is great. Um, it's about two brothers. It's in a world where uh, something called alchemy, as you might get from the title, exists. And really it's about kind of changing one thing into another and there's a taboo where you're not supposed to try and bring someone back from the dead. Two little kids whose mother dies start to learn alchemy. What's the first thing they try to do? Bring their mother back from the dead. And it's all about the consequence of that and like how things kind of progress from things oh like God. this onwards as well. It's very like, it's one thing that will like really hit the emotional. There's really good relationships built into it. The story is very interesting and it touched on a lot of kind of like philosophical like right or wrong type stuff as well. And just the animation behind it and just like a lot of really what they do with it is great. Like can't, uh, again, kind of emphasize just how good it is. And like you'll get like a really good feeling from like this overall story spanned out kind of across the, the kind of it's 
kind of seasons in it to a degree, but not at the same because it's manga. Um, but very good overall. So give it a watch. Uh, it, it's completely finished. So again, like, you know, it's not something that you have to keep on going with. Like, there's a set end to it. And it's a great. definitive end point. Yes. Well, that's refreshing. Mm. I know. Uh, the other thing I do, did want to touch on as well is, of course, Spider-Man, the PS4 game. Mm. Um, it is fantastic. Finished it, like, completed it recently. Uh, gotta say, the story was great. Really fresh take on stuff. Like, they, they kind of do it where Spider-Man's established, so you don't have the issue with, like, you know, like, Origins or stuff Ray's like that. Kind of like powers. how they did for the Tom Holland, Holland version as well. Nice. Uh, you pick up with Peter Parker kind of like he's like eight years into being Spider-Man so he's already had a couple of tuffles with his with some nemesis and stuff like that as well and then they bring in a new nemesis because the very start spoiler not really you take down Wilson Fisk which is great Uh, you get to take down Wilson Fisk in like the intro tutorial type thing and then it's all about the backlash as to what happens kind of after that you get like really the backwash, yeah. You get you get uh, really good, uh, just like kind of development through things. Like the overall story is well done. Um, again, a little bit predictable in one or two parts, but overall, like like you have no issues with it. It's really interesting the whole time, and maybe you don't have issues with it. Oh well, maybe, maybe biggest, I have issues with it. The biggest comment I heard about the game is that the the web singing is so good that even though there's a fast travel mechanic in the game. People still prefer to just go from A I, to B. I have saving. used the fast travel once because I'm pretty certain it tells you to as part of one of the missions. I'm just and then I did it one time afterwards by accident. I didn't intend it. The webs thing is so satisfying. Well, it's I've, really even great. even with so the PS2 one had the dual each side of the controller so, was a different web. I mean that seems. Yeah. I'm just worried that. But they ran out of So you don't actually have that yet. You don't actually yes. have that, right? Yeah. But you do get a very tactile feel from like when you press and hold it and then you release it and it, it shoots like you in there. So it's very good feeling. The like guy. What, Rob? Mm. that thought. It feels like you're holding this and releasing it. What's it feel like? Just like a healthy discharge. Jesus. The guy who actually came up with the system for Spider Man 2, for that PS2 game, has actually played it, uh, again, this new version now. And he had a lot of like very positive things to say about the web swing mechanic, and that's definitely one of like the best things about it. When you're talking about other things, like there's definitely elements of kind of like Batman Arkham games to it, where like you know kind of stealth stuff, was was like and stuff of that as well. Was the guy playing it? He was like the Spider-Man Two guy was playing. He's like, oh, this is great. You fucking ass. Oh, this is this is so. Well, obviously they like they they built on a lot of the stuff that he did. So, uh, but overall, like really great, really interesting story. Again, really great use of just the overall Spider-Man exists. Like everything that's in it, you get a real good sense that it's all like drawn from that. Like there's a lot of like Easter eggs and stuff of like that. Like again, references to a lot of Spider-Man villains. And Avengers stuff like that Towers well. in it, right? Uh, it is. It is. Mm. There's, there, there's a right. lot that like really lets it feel like it's a shared oh. universe to a degree. Uh, although you don't actually see any of the other heroes, yeah, which is the no. only thing I would say could be improved. Ah, I don't know. I'm actually okay. I would, I would rather not see it. It's Spider-Man game. That's not. No, but like in know, the same way that they bring in a lot of like the Spider-Man villains, I'd like it to see. I heard the villain. I heard the actual the villain. Some of the boss battles are a bit boring. Ah, uh, they can be repetitive. It's like a little dodge like, through times, things. attack, dodge through, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. That, 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 that can happen. But at the same time, like the overall game is actually just like really satisfying. Okay, that's good. Uh, there's a mm. lot to do within the city of New York. Like, you know, you, you get a feel for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you get a feel for all that. And again, like I just found that like... Spider-Man and, and even, even Even my brother started playing it now. Uh, he found that he actually got to a point where he was limited with a lot of the stuff he could do with like upgrades and progression and stuff like that. 
because he'd been doing so much of the side quests, he needs to progress more in the actual story before he can start to improve even further because he's just loved like a lot of the swing around like he went like doing a little bit of collectibles because this swing around is so sad yeah, I heard he's a swinger alright mm. <laughs> on that bombshell uh, buy it yeah like it's, it's definitely a fun one I will I will, I will 100% get it mm. made by the guys who made Ratchet and Clank so really can you go wrong I mean size matters apparently according to Ratchet and Clank guys mm. what was it up your up arsenal, your arsenal. Yeah, what a great title for a game yeah, God, they were oh, really tongue in cheek weren't they oh. anyway Ross what have you been playing around with um, I have been playing a game which I never shut up about all the time called Tetris Effect. And essentially it's just a remake or a reimagining of the original Tetris game. It's on the PS4, it's exclusive, and thankfully it has like a VR aspect to it. The creator of Res and Lumines, Lumines, I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, did it. It's all, it, it's so strange. It's, it's such a surreal experience because you put the headset, the VR headset on, and essentially you just lose yourself. For hours. In the music at the moment. Yeah, their joypad is like pulsing as you as, as you get a block or you get a line. There's like such there's like a psychedelic experience because there's like dolphins lines, swimming yeah. around you. There's like, like stars are exploding. There's like an LED whale going over earth and it's 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 crazy. It's a whale. A whale. A cool whip whale. I, I can't describe it, 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 there's no way you can describe it. You were it saying, though, this has to be experienced to be believed it kind of situation. To. I don't understand why it's non-VR playable, because, I, I mean, I don't think you get, you would get anything from it at all. It'd just be distracting. But you can or you can't play it? You can, which is... Just Without like, a VR sense that you can play normally. Yeah. Okay. Which, but I don't, I don't see how it would work. Well, no, but I mean, like, it's nice that people can, like, try and get something from it without having mm. to, like, shell out the extra money from a VR. Oh, no, of course, but I just... I, I think it would lose a lot of the effect just playing it on a normal screen. It has me totally, absolutely addicted. Can't stop playing it. Every time I put it on, I just want one more game, one more level. And it has that very much uh, VR effect where you put on the headset, try to play it for 10 minutes, and take off the headset, and it's actually been two hours. Um, great game, would recommend it to anybody. Tetris uh, you know, fans or not, I think it's, it has to be played. Um, other than that, the second thing is that I got the latest volume of Black Science. This is a comic by Rick Remender, who I've mentioned before. He's, uh, I absolutely adore him as a writer. It's the latest volume. I believe it's volume eight. Wow. And it's the craziest. It's from where, it's, where it began to where it is now. It's, it's unrecognizable, but in the best way possible. Like, I don't want to spoil anything because mm, I know some people well. haven't read it. Yeah. I'm on volume two. I am about to start. And, and I won't spoil it, but all I'll say is that the story is so satisfying and hits all the right emotional beats that it needs to, to, to hit. And I think there's only going to be two volumes left, maybe even one. So Ooh. I know it's heading to that, that delicious, finite conclusion that mm. I clearly love so much. Mm. And it's just, it's hitting some really, really emotional points right now that it needs to. And I think it's, it's, it's firing all cylinders. It's like a story about these people called Dimension Knots who basically travel through dimensions, but unfortunately, by traveling through dimensions, it's actually eroding the fabric of reality, Ooh. and all these things are now starting to bleed into one another. And just where they take that and where they go with the story is, is, is brilliant because it does that comic thing where you actually hear the internal monologue of characters, so you're always invested emotionally and you're always engaged with the characters. Um, it's volume eight, was released recently, it's almost going to end, and I would recommend anybody who hasn't started reading it to read it. Essentially, Carl, that's you. Yep. And Rob, you keep reading it. I will continue to do so. Thank you. 
yeah, so there we are. That's that wraps us up. We Pretty got much there. us. Guys, thanks for listening. If you're here, if you're at this stage, that's amazing. It's incredible. Again, this was just a flavor of what we do. Next time we'll be doing a movie review. So we're going to choose a movie. We'll all watch it and come back with our thoughts, opinions. It'll either be something very good or something very bad. Mm. It may be Ready Player One, so uh, mm, get ready. Yeah. Well, well, look, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of the stuff set up yet, but there will be ways that you can give us some feedback through, like things like social media, potential website. It's stuff we're working on. We've got irons in the fire right now, so we'll uh, we'll kind of have information like that when we kind of get these uploaded. But uh, yeah, any feedback would be great. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you want to hear more of. Thanks for listening, and um, hopefully you have found something interesting here. And again, like Carl said, if you want to drop us a line or something, this has been. I understood that reference. Ross. I've been Robert. Is that how we finish it? Well, I guess not now. <laughs>